Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Ankle Biters podcast <laughs> where we talk college football from a college fantasy football perspective. I am cracking up because I did the whole intro on mute. My man <laughs> is sending. <laughs> We're going to let this roll because we like it raw. Let's do it. We like it raw. Like my man ODB said, ooh, baby, I like it raw. Yes, sir. I ain't nothing. (laughs) My man is sending messages in the private chat. I mean, he's supposed to be muted. Listen. (laughs) College football podcast from a college fantasy football perspective. You know, I'm joined by my host, my man, 100 Grand Owens. What's going on, my guy? My man, man, how you doing today, bro? Man, listen, what a day it has been. Been all over the place today. Just got home not too long ago. Getting settled in. About to talk some college football with you. Mm -hmm. And we have some special guests. Yes, we do. It is still special guest month for the Ankle Biters podcast. We are joined by another, Owens, another, dare I say, another dynamic duo, just like you see right here. Yes. Keeping the trend going of dynamic duos. We have the uh, owners of, the proprietors of, the purveyors of Chasing the Natty podcast. You've seen them all over Twitter. They came in hot. They came in ready. Yes. You got my man Jared Blazing Trails Palmgren. And you got my <laughs> man Xavier. I will go on a rant anytime you press my button. <laughs> in the place to be. What's going on, guys? What's up with you? Oh man, first of you, you you know <laughs> you know how to make two guys feel at home. Uh, this is, pre- appreciate you guys do. having us on the podcast. Uh, this is very very just nice, laid back. I love it here. Uh, as 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 you mentioned, my name is Jared Palmgren. I'm one half of the uh, Chasing the Natty podcast. I am the more muted half of the podcast. I would say Xavier over there, ready with the emotion. Um, you can check us out. We're on YouTube. Um, that's probably our main platform. You can find our show there. Uh, you can also find our show in podcast form on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere that you need us. And then the best way to contact us if you need to is either the comment section of our YouTube videos, or if you can, if you want to, just follow us on our Twitter. I am at CFF underscore Jared. He is at CFF underscore Xavier. So now I'm going to stop talking and actually <laughs> let him speak for himself for once. No, that's fine. That's fine. I appreciate the introduction, Tony. Uh, Marlon, we we love it. I uh, love the energy. I love the Wu-Tang reference. I was like, man, ODB. All right, let's go. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. So He doesn't get uh, references like that from me on the show. I can tell you that. Oh, much. no, it's fine. It's fine. You give me all the college football references. We make a lot of uh, good, fun jokes. But uh, like Jared said, I am the other half of the Chess of the Natty podcast. I am your host, Xavier Hood. Um, you can find me at CFF underscore Xavier. So, yeah. Um, I'm ready when you are, guys. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Yes, we do. Plenty to talk about. And yes, I do recommend these guys' podcasts. I yes. listen to them every week. I watch them on YouTube. I love their uh, interaction. I love their chemistry. It reminds me a lot of me and my guy right, across right, the screen, right. my man, 100 grand. So, yeah, you want to check out Chasing the Natty. 
and you want to follow these guys on Twitter, make sure you're doing that. They've got a lot of information to give. Yes. A lot of great things that you can use to implement into your CFF arsenal on your way, hopefully, to the playoffs. If not, maybe next year. (laughs) (laughs) Playoffs is not for everybody. No, it's not. No. To them that do go, hey, we'll see you there. Guys, what are we going to make of this mess? This past week, I mean, you had it was it was it was so much of somewhat of an imbalance. You had a good game here, then you got this game over here. You're like, what the heck is going on? You got this game over here. Okay, this is pretty decent. Then right. this game over here, you're like, what the heck is going on? I right. think a couple weeks ago kind of spoiled us when we had one of the best college football slates that oh any God, of us have incredible. ever seen yes. in the history of college football. And yes. I think we got on that high and didn't want to come down. <laughs> and now that we've come down, the things that we've come down to on a regular week would be great games. But now we're looking at them like, what the heck are y'all doing? Not all of them. Of course, Owens, you're going to get into some of that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Xavier, you're going to get, get into some of that also. Right, right. They still have that what are we going to make of this mess type of factor to them? Guys, the first thing we want to look at as we recap week eight, Illinois and Penn State. What a game this was. I'm Mm -hmm. talking about nine overtimes in this game. Longest game in college football. (laughs) I mean, you've got other games with seven overtimes. and Nothing comes close to nine. Right, you know, and and most of those games look like basketball scores, college basketball scores, but not this one. Not this one. Neither no. one of these jokers wanted to yield an inch, or was it they just couldn't score? What do you I mean, think about this game? This this Penn State, Illinois. I don't know what to call it. Uh, I was I was gonna say I want to rant on our show. You'll 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 if, if you're listening to this on Monday, our show is probably out by now as well. But like I want to rant on our show where this this overtime this overtime rule change to me is just garbage. Um, the whole point of it was to keep games go- from going into nine overtime settings, and the whole point was to try to limit um, the interactions players have and keep players from getting hurt. Well, in this case, you had two teams go into nine overtimes and the quarterback for Illinois got hurt in the process. So they failed on both accounts in which we also just got a worse product. We had two teams that were just completely inept on offense, failing play after play after play in this setting. And honestly, I would have just rather have taken like a lot of people keep talking about like, oh, this was nine overtimes. This was not nine overtimes. This was two real overtimes and then a bunch of the college football equivalent of penalty kicks. That's right. what we that's what we saw. That was not real overtimes. If it was real overtimes, this probably would have been over by overtime three because one of them probably would have tripped over themselves trying to kick a field goal. <laughs> right. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But it's like some of the the weirdest plays. Like you gotta get the quarterback wide open for Penn State. I mean, he's wide open and you short arm it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, dude, that's ball game. Like, then you had an interception before the overtime. T-Rex kids, arms. You, yeah. kids, you get the pick, it hits you right in the hands, and the game is over with for Penn State. You know what I'm saying? It's like there were so many mistakes and so many plays that, that could have been made, should have been made, that wasn't made. It was just ridiculous. It was ridiculous. 
Yeah, uh, this this game was, uh, in all honesty, it was pretty much probably like uh, one of those uh, funny games that we've been watching. Uh, probably like it, not the equivalent of say like a UMass and a UConn, but it was just two teams that were just struggling the entire time. I, I just don't know what to say. Like uh, the real big story for me is that Penn State, for all the talk about James Franklin, that defense, uh, he gave up about two, three, four hundred yards. Uh, two of them, uh, most of the majority of them coming from two running backs. Two, Chase, you know, for the cost, yeah. Chase two, Brown I mean, had his way, bro. He yeah. had his way. So I mean, it, it just was it was crazy. And then you had Mike Epstein who was injured, but then you have this uh unknown kid, Josh McCray, just come out of nowhere and still put up hundred yards as well. Too. And I'm just like, wow, Penn State, what's what's going on here? What's going on with James Franklin? So it's kind of got you know a few wheels turning of like if Penn State doesn't get their act together, it could turn out to be another abysmal season. And you never know if James Franklin, you know, takes the job somewhere else or if he's going to uh, stick it through the mud and uh, keep on recruiting and build that program back up. So it's overall my thoughts for that. I have a real hard time believing a program like USC or LSU is about to hire James Franklin right after he loses to Illinois nine overtimes. I've I've never been a big believer in the idea that James Franklin's about to leave Penn State. I think he just has a really good agent that makes sure that his name is always in those conversations so he can get a raise from Penn State. I think he has a home in Penn State. Right. Uh, but even still now, I really just don't believe it anymore. I don't see it happening. No. Man, I was just about to bring up the fact that his name has been in the hat or in the discussion for the USC job. Um, do you guys think that this particular play on the field was a result of them looking ahead to Ohio State? I'm not one usually to jump onto narratives like that, but I, again, as I mentioned in our show earlier today, again, if you've listened to that already, I, I can't really think of another reason. There was no excuse for Penn state. I I think they were like a 20 something point favorite in this game. There was no reason for them to perform as badly as they did in this game without to me, the reasoning of them looking ahead because they're not a bad football team. Like Penn state is not a bad football team. They got a lot of good pieces on that team. And I think just, they just got caught napping. Yeah, um, I think for this season, though, I mean, a lot of people have been believers of that uh, the run game, hoping that uh, Kevon Lee and Noah Kane would, you know, kind of step up after those injuries, that those devastating injuries they had early on, and it just hasn't showed. I, I, I never was a believer. I was like, coming back from those type of injuries, if you don't have a run game at Penn State, I don't think you're going to get much going. I, I know Jahan Dotson and Parker Washington and Lambert are going to put up highlight and spectacular catches, and Sean Clifford's going to throw. 30, 40, 50 times. So he's going to hit, you know, at least, you know, a few of those times for spectacular plays. But right now, Penn State doesn't just look like that uh, premier Big Ten uh, powerhouse that we once saw them at a few years ago. So for now, I mean, looking ahead to Ohio State, yeah, they they probably were, but they had their own issues uh, as well that probably have just been overlooked about uh, from a couple of those uh, narrow wins that they had, especially against Auburn early and a few other uh, times this season. When you talk about Penn State's running game, though, they if they would stick with a running back, just name a starter and give him the majority of the carries, that would probably uh, clear up their, uh, their their running game problem. But you can't give ten carries to four guys each. I mean, that's ridiculous. You, you don't have a you can't get in the rhythm. You know what I mean? You got four running backs and now. You get five. You might get six. And the other. Mm-hmm. You can't do that, man. Get you a running back, man. Name him a starter and and, and run the guy. It's not yeah. really just a clear pecking order either. It's like one week, some one guy's going to get the majority or uh, the plurality of carries. Next week, somebody else is going to get them. One week, got, some guy's got 10, 12 carries. Next week, he's got three carries. And you're sitting there just like, what's, what's the logic here? Yeah, <laughs> it's very frustrating for us 
in CFF because we're like, hey, man, the dreaded running back by committee. What a horror. What oh, a yeah. horror. And they've had running back problems, excuse me, since Saquon left. They seem to get that settled with Journey Brown, but then he has his uh, career-ending issue there, and, and they're right back at, you know, where they were having issues after uh, Saquon left. So they're still there. I mean, it's not like they can't recruit. They get top talent at running back year in, year out. They're mm-hmm. just not feeding one guy. Again, us at CFF, we hate that, the dreaded running back by committee. Unless your system supports the two running back system, you know, we're kind of like, man, come on, man. Mm-hmm. Find yes, somebody man. and stick with them. Yes. Owens, man, you got to get – well, no, not, not, not yet. I want to talk about this Appy State and Coastal game because <laughs> – Happy State, you know, the bullies on the block in the fun belt, the, the, the fun mm-hmm. belt, sun belt, mm-hmm. kind of having their crown challenged a little bit by some of the up and coming challenge, uh, uh, up and coming uh, teams in the in the sun belt, like Louisiana Lafayette. They've had that rival there for a couple of years. Louisiana Lafayette couldn't get over the hump. They finally get to get over the hump. They thumped Appy State a couple weeks ago. Coastal Carolina has that twinkle in their eye. They're looking to do the same thing. And Happy State is like, no, bruh. <laughs> no, bruh. Today. And not too today. many of y'all. No, no. One too <laughs> many. Listen, too many of y'all are getting a little too happy with us being down. You know, we're changing coaches every other year. I don't want to take advantage of that. But nah, not this time, Coastal. We like, we we understand, you know, your 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 coach is great. You guys got videos and all that over, uh, you know, all over Twitter and Grayson McCall's great, and you got the Mohawk, and you guys got all that stuff going. But nah, bro, nah, you ain't gonna come nah. in here and do that. So you guys, nah. think about this game, man. Yeah, that that game. Um, you know, at the beginning of the year, we were all like saying that, man, Coastal Carolina has an easy path to an undefeated season. Looking at that schedule, it was just like it's basically given to you after that season you had last year. It was only to build up, and so far. I mean, they've looked good, but they haven't, like, unleashed the entire offense. I mean, Grayson McCall's rushing uh, numbers have dropped significantly, and that's what he, like, did all last season where he was just mobile, dual threat, and that's what a lot of people were hoping for. And he's just been sticking to the pocket and just handing the ball off. He's just been a glorified handoff guy uh, for the past few games. And Shamari Jones and Reese White, they've been uh, been good in their own rights. But, I mean, once your, call, uh, once your card got called against App State, you can run the ball from uh, over 100 yards, then there's nothing you could really do. And you got App State throwing the ball to two 100-yard receivers and one of them going for 200 yards. When I thought your defense was kind of good from last year, you were turning some good starters, but obviously not when you have Malik Williams and uh, Corey Sutton. So, uh, yeah, App State, they're, they're known for this. If, they, if, they're, if somebody's favored over them or if somebody is coming in as a big shot, App State is just known for just taking them down. I, I remember they when they took down South Carolina, that was a big win for them a couple of years ago. And, and North Carolina. No in the, and North Carolina. In yeah, the, so. in the same season. Xavier, yeah. that's a great point about McCall, man, because he hadn't really been startable this year outside of the Arkansas State game. Yeah. I mean, he's hit, I mean, if, if you look at his, his numbers from a football perspective, they're great. But from a college fantasy football perspective, we're like, no, we don't care about 80% passing completion. We don't care about any of that if it's only 20 yards and a touchdown. Nope. Exactly. For what? Nope. You guys right got it. Right in right there. You guys got it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think uh, one thing that I think is kind of overlooked in this game was just how quickly Coastal Carolina was taken out of their comfort zone in this game. They went up 14-0 on uh, App State pretty early on in this game, and I think they were ready to just kind of walk off, uh, just kind of walk off from there, uh, run the ball, keep it close, not let App State score. But then uh, Chase Price did something he didn't do against Louisiana, and that was actually be accurate with the ball. Uh, he gets a touchdown with Malik Williams. Um, so, you know, your Coastal Carolina, they get the big touch and they're like, oh, okay, okay. We just get the ball back here. We run some clock out, run the ball down their throats. We're going to be fine here. Uh-oh, onside kick. Uh-oh, we had nobody over there. Uh-oh, they got the ball back and they just scored again. It's 14-14. This is going to be a dogfight. And Coastal Carolina has not been a dogfight all year. They have literally, they could have slept walked through the entire schedule and won every one of their games. All of a sudden, they were put in a scenario where, they were going to have to trade points with a team like uh, Appalachian State because Chase Bryce uh, became Heisman mode out of nowhere. And they, I, I think that's what really just got them in the end. They weren't used to that situation, weren't used to that pressure. Uh, they were playing at Appalachian State in a uh, sold-out crowd, I believe. And just too many things went against them. Absolutely. Playing at the Rock right there where they've never won before. The pressure got too heavy for them and they couldn't pull it out. Owens, what you think about this? Man, they spot on, man. Uh, listen, I I think um, I thought I thought Coastal Carolina had a shot. I mean, just looking at the, the matchup, but going into the game, I thought, man, that's it. Okay, Coastal Carolina, the way Appalachian State been playing, I'm thinking, man, they probably gonna go in there and win this game. Um, but man, <laughs> the way it went down, man, I was I was surprised, man. I was just. I was surprised. That's, that's all I got to say, man. I was just surprised. Yeah. I, right, bro. I was surprised. I, I, I just thought Coach Carolina was going to win that game, man. I that's did. all he got to say, y'all. He mm-hmm. was surprised. Sometimes that's surprised, all you got. Man. That's all you Sometimes got. That's, all you all got. You that's you how got. I went with the Penn State game a little bit, where I was just, at the end of it, I was just like, okay, what do you have to say about that? But what the hell? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Owens, man, what do you think about this other game you got? You I mean, you were. Excited about this Cincinnati Navy game. What you think about this? Man, it was unexpected. I mean, I, I didn't expect a dog fight. You know, I thought Cincinnati would just run all over Navy. Um, I thought they would dominate them. Uh, but you look up, man, halftime, it's 13 to 10. You think, wait a minute, what is going you know, um Navy controlled they controlled the clock. I mean, they controlled I and mean, they was just they were just chewing up yards like here and there, I mean, just marching down the field. You thinking, my gosh, man, Cincinnati, man, y'all, 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 y'all overlooking Navy. I mean, like this is crazy. But to go down the way it did, I mean, you thinking, man, you score late and you get the onside kick. You thinking, man, fifty something seconds left. You think, oh my gosh, just got a chance going overtime. Like, is this really the number two team in the country? You know what I mean? To Navy, like. Maybe one in one in five. You wait a minute now, mm-hmm. you know. And and uh, I was actually thinking because they had all, all the momentum. I'm thinking, man, they just to tie this game up, man. <laughs> it's just going overtime, mm-hmm. and they're gonna pull this win off, man. It's gonna be the biggest win of the of, of the of the history and of Navy. And I'm just like, you know, luckily, man, he got that interception, man, to save their season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but this was a this it's was a big to have. Save their season to now. Yes, I mean they yes, still have yeah. SMU on the schedule. I think I think that's the game they need. I I know that's the game that they have circled. There's no mm-hmm. way that they don't have that game circled. 
against SMU. There's no way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. SMU's too hot right now. Tanner Mordecai, I mean, he's got a million targets, you know, to 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 throw the ball to. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I've yeah. got that game circle, so. Yeah. I, I just think, you know, it was one of those weekends to where it, it was so funny for the the, uh, the first slate. All the armed forces just came out because Army was uh, challenging Wake Forest and Navy wanted to challenge Cincinnati. And I was like, whoa, what's going on now? Right. And I was right. like, man. That's a $700 billion defense bill coming into play yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, what are we doing over here? But, um, yeah, I was like, man, I thought Cincinnati was going to come in there. Jerome Ford had a career day the week before, four touchdowns. I was like, Desmond Ritter doesn't have to do too much. But ended up, he just wasn't that accurate. And then the run game going to get going. I don't know. Navy just had their card where they was just like, if we take away this, then it's not much you can do. And I know it's been a uh, – you know, it probably hasn't been talked about a lot, but, uh, you know, the Cincinnati pass game is not that, you know, impressive in terms of uh, who they have at receiver. You have Josh Wiley, Michael Young. I mean, just the two Alec guys in there. Pierce. Alec Pierce. Alec yeah, Pierce. Yeah, about so, I mean, they're good names to, you know, for fantasy flyers, but not good football names of like, all right, yeah, these guys are going to be playing on Sundays. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, honestly, yeah, they're just built on that defense and the run game and Desmond Ritter's uh, rushing ability. And even that was shut down. Even for the season, we haven't seen much of that. So uh, it's going to be rough. They they can't look they can't look ahead because there's still a few games to where they it could get ugly. But I think SMU definitely is their statement uh, game of the year if they really want to stick to that number two spot. I think the playoff committee uh, will be a, you know a little bit nice about it if they just went out and they beat SMU handily. But there's still some teams creeping up that that want that top four spot. So Cincinnati better be on their toes and they better blow out the rest of this uh, the, uh, their opponents on their schedule if they want to have a chance. I agree with Xavier for the most part. Uh, that that first playoff uh, poll is going to be very, very interesting to see where they have Cincinnati. They got them in the top four. There's no way they're going to be dropping them, even if they if they win out from there. But if they got them in that five six position, start watching now. They might they they might be looking for ways to not include Cincinnati there. Um, Farnsworth Owens, you guys are both uh, Oklahoma fans, um, so you guys know what it's like when you have a team that seems very dominant on offense suddenly go up against one of these triple option teams. If you remember that game against Army a couple of years ago, yes, sent so. you on overtime. Um, I think that's just the exact same scenario that happened here. Sometimes you just have these teams that just aren't quite ready to face uh, a different type of offense. And I'll, I'll I'll pick on my own my own home team, Georgia. Uh, kind of a some, somewhat similar situation here, but a little bit different. Like going up against the Air Raid last year from Mississippi State. Uh, that was probably one of the worst performances Georgia had on defense that entire year, even though the air raid re- is relatively simple to cover. Sometimes you're just not prepared for it because it's not what you face week in and week out. So I think Cincinnati just wasn't used to facing a triple option team week in and week out. Snuck up on them here, uh, noon game. Uh, again, maybe sleepwalking a little bit here. Kind of seems to be the theme of the weekend. So that's just kind of my thoughts on this game. Absolutely. But, Jerry, we've got to look at this. This is a conference game. Yes, sir. They know this team. Yeah. They've seen this team. I think it was more so you have these untraditional teams in the top four, five, whatever. The pressure it is being in that spot. Mm-hmm. Again, like you mentioned, a noon game, sleepwalking. Away game, too away game you don't you don't you don't you don't bring your a game Owens Owens is going to get into this in a minute about a whole nother team that (laughs) (laughs) his poor effort 
When we get to that game, I'm just muting myself and I'm letting y'all, I'm letting y'all handle that one. (laughs) (laughs) All gonna do enough. Yeah, man. I mean, just just being in that, being at a spot, you you know, you think about the blue bloods supposed to be able to handle being in that top four, top five, but it doesn't always turn out like that. Again, we'll see that in a minute, Jared. What do you think about this Oklahoma State Iowa State game? So this is one that I I, I had circled for this weekend because I have a soft spot for Iowa State. I'll admit it. Um, I got a really good friend of mine. He was actually on game day as well a couple of weeks ago. His name's Nicholas Bassett. Um, if you if you don't know who I'm talking about, uh, it was when they were at Iowa, Iowa State. He was the guy in the wheelchair that was cheering on the crowd. Um, so I got a real soft spot for Iowa State. Love them to death. Um, and again, I saw that they were favored against Oklahoma State, eight, um, number eight Oklahoma State. And a lot of people were kind of questioning that. They were like, wait a minute, Oklahoma State's undefeated. Iowa State is... Uh, two losses, one to Baylor, one to Iowa, and like, what, what's going on here? And I said, listen, man, if you guys haven't been paying attention to Iowa State, not just this year, but in years past, this is a team that every year shows that they get better and better, especially after the bye week. And I was joking around with Xavier earlier. Brocktober is a very real thing, especially Brock Purdy. This is usually around the time of year where he kind of finds his groove a little bit, and you saw that in this game. Um, I think he went like like, tw- like 28 for 33 in passing. Um, Xavier Hutchinson had himself a day because of that. And Brees Hall didn't even have that bad or didn't even have that great of a day. Oklahoma State uh, did what they were supposed to do, and that was stop Brees Hall and force Brock Purdy to beat them. Problem was, Brock Purdy said a bet uh, and uh, threw for over 200 yards, uh, led Iowa State to win this game. I, I, again, this is one of the more entertaining games of the game entertaining games of the day good lord i can speak english i promise y'all um yeah, this, this one was just a fun one um I, li- I like this game a lot and i'm i'm ready to see what iowa state does going forward i think they're a great football team and i wouldn't doubt that they're in the top 20 by the end of the year i still think there was a bad spot at the end though i think that was a first down <laughs> i do I'm, I was, i'll I do. I'll, I'll happily disagree with you there i thought they i do that call right he, he, was, he was he was laying on top of the player and when he rolled over, he was on that line. That was the line of game. It was just uh, to me. I think it was a this was guy. this was in Ames though. There was no <laughs> right, <way>. right. <laughs> no way possible they were going to rule that right a first down. There's no way. Yeah, no. Nah. I saw some people like uh, clowning the Iowa State fans because they were just like, or they were they're getting mad at me. It's like they realized that Iowa State was even favored in this game, right? I'm like, they don't care. Those fans, yeah. all they know is that they just beat a top ten undefeated team in at home. Like they're gonna rush the field. Let them rush the field. I, I'm yeah. so sick and tired of people getting on the fans for rushing. They want the field. that opportunity, man. It's a part of college football. Right. It's a part of what made college football the, the you know what it is today. Is you know stuff like that. You don't see that in the NFL. No like, fans right. rushing the field in the NFL. That's I mean that's what makes college one of the things that makes college football great. Xavier, yes, Oklahoma, Kansas. Yeah, come on with it, oh, bro. Man, I, I, I said, no I'm punches. muting. I'm muting. Pull yeah, no we, punches. Pull. Well, yeah, we cannot pull any punches on this. I see you with the old U shirt on, Merlin. I was like, man, I don't want to do this because you still pulled out the win, but it's been so many weeks where I'm just like, I don't feel like you're you're playing. You're playing with fire here. You're playing with fire every single week. Let and it's getting it. a little. It's getting it's gonna get harder and harder uh, down the road. So uh, for this game, 
it, it was so funny. It started out uh, Jason Bean in Kansas. No, I got I got to paint the picture where I saw it um, uh, on game day where they started out. Tell shame the devil, bro. Yeah, Caleb Williams and the Oklahoma team came out just smiling and laughing Monday, uh, Saturday morning, just thinking, oh, it's just an easy game. Kansas is one and five, one and six. Oh, this is about to be just a nice little, you know, get my reps in, walk in, walk out. And Kansas, looking on the other side, they they treated this as the, if it was their Super Bowl. Devin Neal and Jason Bean came out just guns firing, blazing immediately. And I, I don't – like that Oklahoma defense, it's it's still suspect. But I, I don't know what the, what Grinch is doing. As much hype as he got in the offseason that he's building something, I'm still not seeing it. I don't see that 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 star talent, that star D tackle – you're not, you're not getting to the quarterback. Uh, you're, you're not making plays on the ball. And the rush defense, people are just running all over you. Like, I, I love Devin Neal. I, I I do. I think he's an up-and-coming uh, running back in the Big 12. But you're not supposed to do that against Oklahoma. Come on now. And it, it just it just was terrible on all sides where you didn't even score at the half, not a field goal. Caleb Williams didn't look that impressive. But I, I had a feeling the talent would just out uh, just outwork Kansas in the end. But there, there were some questionable things I would like to talk about with, it, I don't know how that uh, forward lateral pass or handoff was legal, but they, they ruled it as, uh, I didn't know what it was. When I first saw it, I was like, there's no way. There's, Dude, you can't Owens looks like a kicked puppy right now. Like, I feel, I'm feeling bad for him right now. I mean, they, they won the game. They won the game. Oh but it, it just was, it, it was not, I, honestly, if, if we're being honest here, uh, the best player on the field was probably Devin Neal. And after that, it was Caleb Williams for the theatrics and the football IQ to take the ball from his player and somehow knowing that it was legal. But you got to explain <laughs> that one to me. Yo, how do you hold feel? On, hold on, okay, go ahead. I'm about to let loose. I was about to let loose. I said this in our chat, in our league chat. Why did Kennedy Brooks let that ball go so easy? That's a good question. Why did he let that ball that's go good, so that's easy? That's a good question. I mean, can anyone confirm that he knew that that was Caleb Williams grabbing for the ball? <laughs> right. Right. Did he know that? Or he did, he loose. Just, did he just get stripped? And happen to be lucky <laughs> that it was his own player stripping him. <laughs> just a question, just a question, right? Just a thought. Right. Owens, come on, man. I don't know, man. I, I, I was gonna say, how how can I feel like this and and they won the game? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we lost. You know, <laughs> it's just sad to feel like you lost and you actually won the. I said I asked I asked the question. Um, uh, what are y'all working on during the week? You know, I'm, I asked that question. Like, are y'all are y'all even, are y'all even working on anything? Because it happens every week. I mean, it's like, okay, all right, all right. are you actually working, or, or is it just not getting through to the players? You know what I mean? Because it's like, are you even talking about? Are you asking? Are you even? Trying to fix it. I mean, because it's the same stuff every single week. It's like you can't tackle. I know you You can't tackle. It happens every game. It's like uh, misassignments happen every game. Wide open receivers happen. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. And then we talk about the cushion. Oh, my gosh, man. You cannot be off the wide receiver 10 yards and it's third and five. 
and First you do round. it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Slant. Slant. Wide open. First down. <laughs> the guy just run a couple steps, turn around, and just get wide open because the guy's 15 yards back. It's unbelievable, man. It's, I just, I just, I hate it. I hate it. It's so frustrating. Yeah. I will say with Mike Woods and Mario Williams being out, I was like, that's tough. But also you still have Mar uh, Marvin Mims and Jaden Hassel. And I, I felt like I didn't see him enough. I was like, I saw J uh, Jaden Hassel in the end zone and uh, early when I got that first score on that fade. But then after that, I was just like, man, I'm not seeing Mims. You know, he was supposed to be wide receiver number one, expecting big things, take that next step. And I'm just like, man, I guess you just need the full arsenal. If you just, if you want to compete in these games, and it feels like every week it just has to be some type of theatrics for Oklahoma to, uh, you know, just get that win. And I'm just like, man, it's one of these days, one of these teams. But it's got to I mean, be yeah, you have ball. the talent. Yeah, hero ball hero every ball. week. Hero ball every week. It yeah, was funny though seeing uh, Spencer Rattler on the sidelines just lurking, saying, "Hey, uh, you might want to throw me back in there." And I was like, "No, it, uh, your time is it, it's, <laughs> what it's done. he over there like? Calm down. <laughs> yeah, calm down." That's something when he has become the voice of reason. Jared, you want to say something? I would say I'll, I'll throw one more dig in here. Uh, one more, I promise. Um, before the season started, I made a I made a prediction on the Kings Classic uh, draft show. My my big prediction was that there wouldn't be an Oklahoma wide receiver in the top twenty four uh, fantasy wide receivers. And my argument was that there was just too many options. That there was no way that um, one person would be fed the ball enough to where they would be able to score consistently week after week. Never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that it was going to be because Oklahoma couldn't score enough uh, to create a fantasy-relevant wide receiver. I don't know. Just one more little dig in there. Hey, man, who cares how that prediction comes to fruition? You're <laughs> right. One cares. It's coming to fruition. Check this out, guys. We're almost 35 minutes in, and we're just getting <laughs> – just getting started. <laughs> review. Good luck, <laughs> listeners. We're just going to have fun. So we hope you're having as much fun listening as we are having as much fun conversing. Week nine preview, guys. Georgia, Florida. You guys have party. Plans. Let's transition from Oklahoma debacle mm -hmm. to Georgia. 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 <laughs> oh my mind. That 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 defense is otherworldly. Mm -hmm. There's there's so many other terms that I could use to attempt to describe how nasty this defense is. I don't think that Florida has a chance. I understand that Dan Mullen is a great offensive mind, a great offensive play caller schematically he's one of the most well-respected uh maybe even copied guys on the offensive side of the football urban meyer influence great but i don't think that will do anything for him in this game i don't care how great of an offensive mind he is or what his schemes are like or how he schemes guys open and schemes guys into the play you know in, in into the into the uh game plan and not this game man I this know, game, I have games where you just need to just stop you know i know you i mean you of course you're going to see wrinkles you're going to see things that you've never seen before but you you probably won't know that it's a wrinkle until the commentators tell you <laughs> it was a wrinkle 
<laughs> oh, fair enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I, I just know for us as Georgia fans, uh, we always have this game circled because uh, Florida always plays their hearts against us. This is probably their biggest game of the year, knowing that, I mean, they're not playing for anything else, uh, in all honesty. So um, in terms of the East, you've already lost to Kentucky. We beat Kentucky. Uh, you know, it would be a good win over Georgia to have the, those brownie points. And they're going to play hard. I think, you know, they Florida plays up to competition, but they also play down to competition, as we saw in the LSU game. But in terms of Florida, yeah, I think Georgia will win. I, I don't think it will be close. But I'm always have that have that worry about that. Uh, just rivalries in sports. This is one of the biggest ones that we have in all the college sports. And, the, and Florida has some playmakers on that defense as well, too, on that line. And then that secondary with Alam, uh, you know, a lot of people rejected him to do well. But it's going to be interesting to see because uh, if JT Daniels is healthy, if Stetson Bennett, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But in terms of what we, you know, what I think should happen based off of what we've seen these past weeks, Georgia with our running back crew and uh, what we've been doing with our tight ends and either what whatever quarterback we put out there, uh, we're taking it. Yeah, we're spanking them. We're, we're taking it personal, especially for last year after what they did to us, knowing that we should have won if it weren't for injuries. Oh, we're taking it personal. Like a good Georgia fan over here, any positive words I that come out of my mouth right now just feel like the biggest of jinxes. Uh, so I, I'm careful with what I say here. But um, on paper, there yeah. are a lot of reasons to believe that Georgia can easily dominate this game. This game could not be close by halftime. The spread is 13 points. Uh, that should tell you that uh, Vegas at the very at the very least believes that uh, this game will be, you know, competitive at the very least. Maybe Georgia pulling away late wouldn't shock me if that was it. But it also wouldn't shock me if Georgia, just like we said, takes it absolutely personal. Uh, y'all, y'all some, y'all some nasty, y'all some nasty people. Uh, y'all, y- there's some things you, y'all, your cut, your listeners never get to see. Georgia by thirty. <laughs> Georgia by thirty. Y'all trying to jinx us. Y'all trying to jinx us. Oh yeah, we no, know it's Georgia man, sports fan. No. Georgia this sports, defense, though. Man, you see what I got defense. on right now? Like, there's yeah. too many things going right for us. I got a brave shirt on right no, now. It doesn't man. feel right. Hey, it doesn't hey, feel right anymore. Did you to the World Series, though? Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah, they did. Listen, nice. man, Jordan Davis. No, man. Yeah. I, know, I, know, I understand I know, Florida got some playmakers. I know. No, man. Let, Listen, let me paint you a picture. I got to paint you a picture. <laughs> you, know how, you know how you draw up a plan. You got your pen out. got your paper out. And you started writing your plan out. And George, mm-hmm. you gonna snatch the paper out and ball it up and look at you. And then, and then you know, you, you you build your ship. You get ready to go to war. And you send it out. And as soon as mm-hmm. it, as soon as it start going, the bomb hit it. Boom, blow it up. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen to Florida, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. See, I'll, I'll I'll throw I'll throw this out there. Georgia, I do think Georgia has one legitimate weakness and i do think it is the secondary i don't think we faced a team yet that has truly tested us in the passing game because you won't i want to be very i want to be very specific with what i mean here (laughs) so georgia has taken down some of the best wide receivers in the game so far Jalen burks absolutely nothing against georgia wando robinson nothing um we have not faced a team that i think gives us multiple threats to look for in the passing game like legitimate threats uh, but here's the thing, Florida don't got that either. So I, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, like, like, don't hear what I'm not saying. Georgia's gonna win this game. Yeah, uh, Georgia's gonna win this game. I think pretty handedly. I'm just, I'm just always afraid of talking up too much. Yeah, I, I will say this 
for all those teams that uh, have those uh, wide receivers, I, I think, you know, the, the great thing about Georgia in that defense, if your quarterback can't get the receiver the ball, if he's getting sacked both, uh, four to five times a game, then that won't matter. So that's why when you Fair mentioned enough. Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, uh, N'Kobe Dean, all those people in that front seven, yeah, there's nothing you can do when you have that pressure coming at you in less than two seconds. So, yeah, so I, th- I, I think the score to beat for Georgia this weekend, I'd say – I saw I saw somebody roll out seventeen earlier. I think twenty. If Georgia can get to twenty, it's a game. Like that's it. Florida ain't putting up more than twenty points on Georgia. I don't know if Florida will get fourteen. <laughs> George, Florida, Florida ain't gonna get ten. I promise. I see. You. Yeah, I, I would see, love nothing see, more, Owens. I would love I nothing see, more. I see four, maybe five picks between Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson, exceptional athlete. Again, y'all, y'all, are, y'all are speaking Ex- music to my ears right now. Talent. Yeah. But he's not ready for what he's about to see. Those guys throw picks against far less talent. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The LSU secondary was down Stingley and a lot of other great five stars, and I'm like, you're, you're throwing picks to these guys? To really? these guys. Mm-hmm. It's going to be ugly early, I promise you. I can oh, see yeah. him. I can see the quarterbacks for, for Florida. Three-step drop, and you got to run for your life. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what I mean? Like, they're quick. Like, three steps, and you got to scramble, and you're going to run right into the defenders. You're going to run right into I don't the think you guys get, yeah, I don't. I don't think you guys get tested until the SEC championship game against Bama. Oh, no, I, I yeah. agree. If we, if we get through this game, I think we're good oh, yeah, until we the SEC – uh, Tennessee, maybe, maybe we saw them get some explosive plays on Bama, yeah, but even still, they, but they, yeah. they, they, they'll tire out. They don't have the depth. Um, no, that's also, key, oh, Jared. That, yeah. that is exactly right. They do not have the depth. That's what, you know, happened against Bama. Mm-hmm. You know, the lack of depth reared its ugly head right. in Fourth the second quarter. half. Yep, and Bama just kept scoring. Yep. <laughs> Bama said, "No mercy." Man, they couldn't stop the bleeding. Oh no! <laughs> it was thirty-one twenty-four, and been in the blinking of an eye, they had like fifty-two mm-hmm. points. 52 points. Like, oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> Quick, absolutely. What happened, guys? What do you think about this Ole Miss Auburn game? I think the most oh. interesting thing about it is that Auburn's favored. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to leave that out there. Man, favored. Oh, favored by one didn't point. Tell me, didn't tell me that today. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, what, is the, Matt I Corral mean, like, healthy? That, that's that's a big question. He's, I mean, he looked. I think enough. he's limited. Yeah, I'd say limited is the best word to describe him right now. Yeah, Lane Kiffin has him running for his uh, for dear life. I forgot was that Tennessee game he ran for like twenty three carries. I'm like 30, oh, you, 30, 30, 30, so 30 yeah. carries. Ridiculous. So I'm like, you can't be doing that to your quarterback at this point in the season. Uh, you're getting that wear and tear on him. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I don't even think they have a quarterback behind him unless they want to throw John Rice Plumley out there, uh, move from wide receiver to quarterback back. But, I mean, in terms of um, – it, it sucks that Mingo is out for a couple of – a few more weeks or probably even out for the rest of the season. You still have Braylon Sanders. You still have uh, Dontario Drummond. And the backfield is pretty stout. But Auburn's been looking better and better each week after that, uh, that uh, Penn State loss. And then also, I mean, obviously they had to go against Georgia, but then even after that, they had some que- they had a questionable win over Arkansas, but they handled their business. So Bo Nix looks a lot better. Um, you know, that's a lot a high praise for Bo Nix because Bo Nix, Bo Nix is not yeah. the greatest quarterback in the world. You know, all the hype and praise that he got for being a five star coming in, uh, being able to. I mean, he he is a magician when he escapes those uh those pressures, but 
you'll need a lot more if you're going to get in the shootout with Ole Miss because they'll run up points on you quick and in a hurry. This game, this, this game depends on Matt Corral's health. A lot of – I think it depends on, on his health. If he's not healthy, I think Auburn going to win this game. I think, yeah, I, think they, it's, I think it's that simple. I think Ole Miss needs to get some of these receivers back and healthy. Uh, Jonathan Mingo, I, we haven't, we've, it's been radio silence on his condition basically since he broke his foot. We don't know when he's coming back. Um, Braylon Sanders, he's been knocked up and injured. So you basically just have Dontario Drummond out there with, I don't know, maybe Jackson, may, maybe Jacor Pearson every once in a while. None of these guys, Ole Miss is just losing a lot recently. But I, again, this game is kind of hard to call because, again, it's at Auburn. So that's one of the toughest places to play in the SEC. And I forget, is this a night game? Uh, six o'clock. Six o'clock. Oh, that's, yeah. that, that's gonna that's gonna be rough for Ole Miss. And like, I yeah, I'm, I'm with you. If Matt Corral for some reason just can't play in this game, it's good night, Ole Miss. Oh yeah, they're throwing the toilet paper in the trees after the game. Yeah, yeah. You guys see me laughing because I know he didn't mean it, but my man Jared said he was uh, uh, Jonathan Mingo was knocked up. <laughs> you know, maybe that too. Oh, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe that's why he's not playing. Jonathan Mingo can't get on the field because he cracked a baby. He got a baby on the way. He got Jonathan Mingo just sitting in a wheelchair like he's got the paternity clothes on. Oh, yeah. I had to, man. I had to. Always you like this Michigan Michigan State game. I do. In state really rival. Do. In state rival. Running games. Uh, Michigan's running game has looked a little bit more consistent. Yes. But yeah. when Kenneth Walker goes off, the boy goes off. Right. He will skip a game or two in, in his going off. But when he goes off, he goes off. Does he go off in this game? I don't think he goes off in this game. I, I I got him as a sit, as a matter of fact, when we get to that. Um, Michigan, 24th against the run, you know, only giving up 117 rushing yards a game. Uh, with it being a rival, like you said, in-state rival game, it's going to be even harder for Kenneth Walker III to, to even run against Michigan. The boy's going to be fired up. I know it's in Michigan State, but – uh, it's a, it's hard to call. You got six versus number eight. Both of them undefeated. Um, I think it's going to be a. I think it might be one of the best games of the weekend. Actually, um, oh, yeah. that's good. Harbaugh going into East Lansing. That's yes. going to be an exciting game. Jared Blazing Trails Palmgren, Fresno State, San Diego State, sir. What you think about this one? Yeah, I figured uh, just kind of throwing a game out here to give some love to our West Coasters, give some love to our group of five lovers. Uh, got a big game this weekend for the Mountain West. Uh, Fresno State going up against undefeated San Diego State. Uh, Fresno State themselves probably would be undefeated if it weren't for them having to travel to Hawaii, uh, play three hours behind what they normally do. Um, I think that was just one of those weird games where a team going to Hawaii just isn't going to perform as well because they got all the jet lag and everything. So Fresno State, again, I think they're one of the uh, most legitimate teams out there in the West. Um, I'll be honest, I should have considered them more for them possibly winning the Mountain West, and I think they're probably going to pull off the upset uh, for San Diego State this weekend. I think that they'll um, – I don't think it's going to be a shootout by any means. I don't I don't see them putting up a ton of points. But I see them doing just enough to slow San Diego State down. I think they get the win this weekend at San Diego State. 
Really? And a lot right there, especially with Rivers going out. Jordan Mims had a great game in his mm -hmm. absence, by the yes, way. Yes, he did. He did. San Diego State is a pretty stout defense, man, so that's saying a lot right there. But what's going on with Hayner and Cropper? They haven't been connecting the last two weeks. No, I'm going to talk about that later, a, a, a little bit later, man, because there's something definitely I will too. not right there mm -hmm. as far as how they started extremely hot. They right. just fizzled out the last two or three games. Yep. Xavier? Yeah. Penn State, Ohio State. Yeah, uh, big, big, uh, big Ten East game. Uh, you know, we've we've been talking about this on our podcast where the Big Ten East they have everything in front of them. Where you have all the uh, your East opponents uh, down the line, and it's going to determine who's going to come out. Um, you know, in my favorite, in my personal opinion, I think it's Ohio State. They looked a lot better after that Oregon loss. Um, not to say that Penn State is anything to, um, you know rave about, yeah, especially after this Illinois loss. But still, it's a big game. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's always a, it's, it's sort of a rivalry game. Cause it's like, you know, it, it's like how Clemson was beating up on the a, um, ACC and now how, how Ohio state beats up on the big 10 to where, you know, there will be, you know, high stakes emotions and players are going to probably play their best. But if, if Penn state's rush defense is going to look like that freshman Trevion Henderson's about to have a field day. Uh, Maya Williams will get work as well too. Uh, I think he'll, you know, probably have about like 10 to 12 carries and maybe a touchdown. And those receivers, they're always going to get work. So no matter what, I think C.J. Stroud knows this is a big game. Um, you know, after that Oregon loss, it was it was pretty tough. He didn't have a bad game that game. I think his worst game of the season was Tulsa. So I think Penn State will be a good, uh, you know, metering, uh, testing, to, uh, you know, litmus test to see where he's at in terms of these big games and high stakes uh, for the Big Ten. Absolutely. Amazing. Amazing. Guys, give it up. We are under an hour. <laughs> under an hour. With our college football content, guys, and that's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. So, go ahead and give it up to yourself. <laughs> yeah, this is amazing. Let's go ahead, Jared. Pat yourself on the back. You mm -hmm. pop my collar real quick. Pop his collar under <laughs> an hour for this. <laughs> we have now hit our CFF segment, guys. Shocking performances for the week. What player, what performance, quote unquote, shocked you this week? Owens, what you got, man? Man, we touched on it a little bit earlier, so I'm not gonna be long with it, man. Illinois just upsetting Penn State. I mean, we I never seen it, I didn't see it coming. I don't think none of us saw it coming. Um, and I think Penn State was like said, overlooking them. They was looking ahead to Ohio State. I think they just got caught up and just got trapped and uh, ended up with a loss. You look up and you're in the ninth overtime, man, with Illinois. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I just I didn't see that coming, man. That's just a shocker, big shocker. I got uh, Tyler Van Dyke, uh, quarterback for Miami. That was kind of the big shocker for me, mostly because uh, he kind of had a very pitiful week the week before. Um, throwing three interceptions and like not that I doubted him going forward and everything but I was like okay so it looks like Miami might be legitimately taking a step down here at QB with De'Ara King out for the rest of the year Tyler Van Tyke being a at least a redshirt freshman um, him having some time he's gonna need some time to kind of develop well he comes back against NC State ranked NC State I believe at NC State or I might have that wrong but even still Throwing for 325 yards and four touchdowns in this game. He had the game of his life. Uh, and then also, again, just Miami upsetting NC State overall. 
I thought that was probably one of the more shocking upsets of the weekend because I basically had left Miami for dead. Um, and it turns out with this win, they have a legitimate or not a legitimate, but they have like they have a chance to still go to the ACC championship somehow, some way they do. And so they got something to play for now. And I think it'll be a very interesting team to watch going forward. Yeah, absolutely. This should be an exciting game. And Tyler Van Dyke looked great, like you said, against NC State. I mean, the dude looked great. Xavier, what you got, sir? Yeah, I have Garrett Schrader out of Syracuse. Um, I think he's been a bigger, uh, you know, uh, just a slept-on name in college football fantasy and just all of college football. Tommy uh, DeVito started the year. I wasn't expecting much from Syracuse. I only had one player that I really was keen on, and that was Sean Tucker. And he's having a great season at running back. But Garrett Schroeder's come in and beca- essentially became an extra running back for that Syracuse offense. He's a quarterback, and he's putting up running back numbers. I, I'm just always baffled every week to see that – He's getting like, you know, there's games where it's 29 carries, 22 carries, and it's just consistently. And he's getting those like goal line touchdowns. And I'm like, wow, you have a back like Sean Tucker, and you're trusting the the offense to just like, yeah, let's just give it to the QB and let him run. So I know he's burned a lot of people these past few weeks. Uh, he Looks like, like he's burned three. Owens. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's I just think ridiculous. part of his I wish. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, man. So I'm just like, I mean, Sean Tucker still had a great day overall, but Garrett Schrader took a lot of that goal line work. And I was like, man, he looks like he's going to continue on to do it. Cause, and then also to give him credit, he threw over 200 yards for the first time this season and had two passing touchdowns. So I just added on to the week that he had. I like it. It was lovely. I got him in our home league. Didn't Mm. have him in the game, but he's getting in the game this week. Oh, yeah. Boston College. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you that, boy. Guys, I'm going to go with Chandler Rogers, man. Listen, man, uh, Rich Rod is the offensive coordinator over there at Louisiana Monroe. We were kind of waiting for somebody to show up because you always want somebody in a Rich Rod offense once he finds his guys and they get started and they get going. uh, They get privy to the offense and how to run that offense. This guy, man, uh, Chandler Rogers, man, South Alabama can be so-so on defense. Man, he lit them up. 369 yards passing, four touchdowns, no picks. He even carried the ball, so he's toting the ball 15 times for 40 yards. Not a lot of yards, but you like the totes and 15 carries. You know he's involved in the run game, so you see some dual-threat capability there. Man, I was shocked to see Chandler Jones really light South Alabama's defense up the way that he did. He's been kind of you know, teetering to becoming a player we need to look at on a watch list. But this performance right here, man, should turn some heads, should open some eyes. I was looking. I was watching. I'm very interested, if nothing else but to put him on the watch list, Chandler Jones, or not Jones, Chandler Rogers, quarterback for the Louisiana Monroe Warhawks. Again, stunning performance, 25 out of 35. 369 yards, four touchdowns, no turnovers, guys. We love that. No turnovers, 15 carries, 40 yards. I was surprised at Chandler Rogers this week. Okay, if I, guys. If I, if I may, I'll, I'll throw this little tidbit in here because he, I have my eye on him as well because uh, I do projections for uh, fanjections, and I happen to do the Sun Belt for them. And the thing that caught my eye was they were using him effectively as a running back. Mm-hmm. First couple games of the season, like he has seven carries, 12 carries, eight carries, had like one or two passes in each of those games. But it yeah. really seemed like they were just kind of using him in the running back role. 
And it's been interesting to just watch the shift over to quarterback. I just find that very interesting. Yeah, it's kind of a uh, um, what you call it. Uh, why is the, the the style of play eluding my memory right now? Wildcat. Wildcat. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Right there. It always happens to me when I'm listening to a podcast. Every I am time. on the spot. Johnny on the spot when I'm listening. But when I'm doing a podcast, <laughs> I can't remember. Hey, man, in- English is hard and speaking is hard. Trust me, I know. I you, you listen to my podcast. You know like how much I love. Like, I know the guy. I know the system. I know what I'm saying. Right. And I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, come to – I mean, come on out. Come on out. All right, guys, we've got the shocking performances. You, There's always a flip side to that coin. Mm-hmm. Disappointing performances for the week. Owens, try to keep this short. I'm keeping it very short. <laughs> the sorry Oklahoma Sooners. Not the sorry. Come on. Sorry. I don't know. 10 nothing to halftime at Kansas. Pretty sorry. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> embarrassing. It's horrible. <laughs> Should, should I go now? Like, it, it, are are you good, Owens? Are you good? I'm good. I'm 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 I'm, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a player here, and uh, we touched on it earlier, but uh, I'm gonna go Jalen Cropper. Uh, man, that was a points party for uh, Fresno State. It seemed like everybody was getting in on the action, except for uh, Jalen Cropper, who also threw in a fumble in there, uh, just for just for uh, you know just for that added bonus. Um, yeah. Very disappointed with him this weekend. And a lot, like we kind of touched on, like, why, why is he not getting his due? I think it might be because teams might be kind of putting some more pressure on him, maybe putting some double coverage on him, kind of opening up some of these other guys in the Fresno State offense, like Wheatfall, like Josh Kelly, heck, even Ronnie Rivers before he got injured in the game. Uh, he was getting involved in the passing game. So I think that might be part of the reason why here. Absolutely. Yeah. No doubt about it. Xavier. Yeah, I probably have to hit on David Bell. A lot of people took him in the first or second round, depending on what type of league you're in and who how they were drafting, uh, presumptuously the number one wide receiver. After what I saw against Iowa, and I was like, that defense and uh, that secondary, I was like, oh, yeah, it's Wisconsin. Even though they have a good passing defense, I think they're ranked 10th in the nation now. Um, they're, they're doing good on both sides of the ball, but I was expecting David Bell, you have that talent. Uh, you know, I expect to see him on Sundays. You know, I, I kind of do blame it on uh, Aiden O'Connell a little bit because he did throw three interceptions. But you hit Payne Durham for 100 yards and a touchdown. You couldn't find your number one receiver just once. So it, it was just a disappointing week. I might have to just switch it over to Aiden O'Connell just for, uh, you know, messing with my David Bell uh, stats. Listen, I'm in the same boat, bro. Nice, nice uh, baton handoff right here. Calvin Austin, the third, seven catches. Great. 44 yards. Come mm-hmm. on, bro. Against UCF. Come on, bro. Again, we could put this at the feet of Peter Parrish, who stunk. Some, some, some might have said he perished. Oh, no. I like it. Oh, wow. Like <laughs> it. Oh, my God. He perished. He perished in the game. <laughs> he perished in the game. 
Jared, brother. He was he was that bad though. He was oh, that yeah. bad. He, well, he's awful. Okay. He, oh man. He oh. was that bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, but Calvin also at least got the rushing touchdown. You know, because that's what wide receivers do. No, not in this game. He didn't. That was the last game. Oh, last game. I'm, I'm sorry. Was, yeah, sorry. Game, he didn't. He didn't get anywhere near the end zone. Yeah, I was about to say you he had our home league, and you know you didn't get you any points for that one. You're right. No. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I had him in the game too, and he <laughs> bit me. I had him in every one that I every league that I had him in. Man, he bit me hard. Man, seven catches for 44 yards. Peter Paris. As soon as he came in, it was pass. Pass, 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 pass. He messed up Brandon Thomas, who I had in prize picks. He did not hit his 81 because Peter Parrish, the offensive coordinator, for some reason, thought that Peter Parrish was Peyton Manning. Oh I don't know God. what he was thinking because he wasn't Peyton Manning because he was only throwing for what, three, four yards of play, mm-hmm. which is why Calvin Austin have seven catches for only 44 yards. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Stink. Extremely disappointing to me. This particular performance from Calvin Austin the third. That's my guy. And when he comes back off the bottom, I'm gonna ride with him again. But Same. I've, I've I've got to monitor that situation with uh, <laughs> Seth Hennigan because if Peter yeah, Parrish is starting, man, if Peter I'll, Parrish is starting, man, I, I, I think I may have to put him on the bench. I was, I was just getting right. ready to say that. I was just getting ready to say, if Parrish is back there, I'm sitting Brandon Thomas. Brandon Thomas should get on his bench. Because if mm, Parrish is going. There, no. <laughs> Absolutely. No. It's kind of like Washington State. They're, every, every time they start Garantano, you better put Travell Harris on the bench faster than you oh, can yeah. even think. Mr. Turnover himself. Man, walking turnover. Walking turnover. Guys, we have surprising performances, shocking performances, disappoint, disappointing performances for the week. When I was making this show sheet, I thought, what about the year? Mm-hmm. Biggest surprise players of the year. And on the flip side of that, of course, you've got the biggest disappointments of the year. Owens, what player this year has pretty much surprised the heck out of you? Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh. Man. This guy, man, coming the season, I, I would have never thought that he would be throwing this ball like this. I mean, he's got 2,236 yards passing and 23 touchdowns. Check this out. But only one pick. Ridiculous. Like, as much as he's slanging that thing around, man, you got one pick, man. And he is completing 68.9% of his passes. He is just like surprisingly good this year man he is he is a really really big shocker man like no Pitt Pitt is normally a run run first football team man he come in and just like I said man he is just slinging the ball all over the place man big shocker I like that I like it Uh, I'll go next um in terms of my biggest surprise player of the year, Xavier and I looks like uh, we're kind of on the same mindset here, but we're just going two different players from the same offense. Jareth Stearns, uh, just being as dominating as he has been, has been absolutely ridiculous. 
uh, in fantasy, he is putting up 24.16 fantasy points per game, and that's in standard, standard format. So no, no, uh, no PPR or anything like that. That's standard points per game. Uh, next guy has like 18, so he's just a cut above every everybody else. If he comes back next year, he's going to be worth like a top three pick easily in CFF redraft. Uh, again, his stats this year have been insane so far. 83 receptions for 1,077 yards and 10 touchdowns so far, and they're just getting started. Uh, that Western Kentucky offense is going to continue to feed him all day, every day. Uh, Jared Stearns, I was I didn't think he'd be able to do it uh, transferring to FBS. He, he's been incredible. Yeah, and he's yeah. a little ankle biter too, man, a little bitty guy. Xavier, mm-hmm. what you think, man? Yeah, like Jared said, uh, I guess I have to transition to the man throwing uh, Jared Sturms the ball, Bailey Zappi out of Western Kentucky. I did not expect – I was like, you're coming from uh, – uh, moving up to the FBS level, coming from Houston Baptist to Western Kentucky. I was like, competition is going to be a little bit stiffer. I don't know if you can just be throwing for three, 400 yards a game. And now every time I face Bailey Zappi, I'm just looking at him like the Grim Reaper. I'm just like, oh, dear God. No no matter what I think about, a, a bad game for him is like putting up 30 points. I'm just like, ah, there's nothing I can do. I mean, he's hit, he's has 3,000 yards so far on the season, 24 touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken, and I think only like four interceptions. So he's doing it very efficiently. Yeah, 29 touchdowns and only four interceptions. So I'm just like, he's hitting all his receivers, sharing the love, has a clear number one. And even if you pick up the number two or number three, it's almost guaranteed that at least one of those guys will get a touchdown in that game. So just anybody off of that offense, maybe not their backfield, but they're just spreading that ball out and just letting it fly. Absolutely, man. I like that. He is like the Grim Reaper, man. I played against him this week in our home league against Justin Heisey, and I just knew he was going to just light me up. And this was his lowest lowest point total of the year. I was like, yes. I'll take it. <laughs> but the dude still lit it up, though. He still yeah. lit it up. Right. So mm-hmm. no doubt. Man, I was thinking about uh, Tyler Beatty, and I thought, well, yeah, well, what about Brennan Armstrong? Hmm. Brennan Armstrong has been a revelation for the Virginia Cavaliers, man. Check this out. Coming into the year, we thought this guy was a real dual threat quarterback. He was going to mm-hmm. be running and throwing, running and throwing. It has been the total opposite. Just throwing. He's throwing and running a little bit. Last year, he only had two games where he didn't have double-digit carries. This year, it is the total opposite. Up until this point, he only has two games where he has double-digit carries. The guy is slinging this ball all over the freaking field, left and right. I mean, he's hitting wicks. He's hitting the tight end. He's hitting the football player, number 99. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he's hitting him. Uh, uh, I forgot his name, man. Uh, Keaton Thompson. He's hitting him. I mean, he's hitting all. I mean, I mean, Rashawn Henry when he's available. He's hitting him. The guy has thirty-two hundred twenty yards on the year, twenty-three touchdowns, six picks. I mean, again, sixty-four percent of his passes are being completed. Three hundred and seventy-two attempts. 372 attempts in eight games. The guy is slinging that sucker all over the field. Almost 40 attempts. Actually, he is over 40 attempts just about every game. Uh, only a couple games, his first two games, William & Mary and Illinois really didn't need to throw it more than 40 times. But ever since then, 
54 attempts, 59 attempts, 44 attempts, 60 attempts, 45 attempts, 43 attempts. They are slinging that ball. Bronco Mendenhall is supposed to be this smash mouth kind of guy. Not with Brendan Armstrong. He is slinging this ball all over the place. Threw over 500 yards once this year. Over 400 yards three times this year. I mean, the guy has come, to cl uh, come close to throwing over 400 yards more than the times that he's thrown over 400 yards this year. Brendan Thompson, or Armstrong, I'm sorry, has been lighting it up this year. What a shocker it has been for me to see what I thought would be uh, uh, Braxton Burmeister-type guy. Mm -hmm. But he's certainly not. He's certainly not. I mean, the lefty. I mean, he is a he is an upgraded Tim Tebow. Mm -hmm. Is what he is. He's not running as much. A little bit more arm strength. Just as tough. The guy is tough because he will run the ball and get those hard yards. But whatever Bronco Mendenhall saw in this guy during the offseason to to flip that switch to make him a pass first, pass second past third, run fourth quarterback, whatever he saw, man, I know his owners are, 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 are loving it right now because, again, none of us expected to see this, what we're seeing right now, but I like it. Again, yeah. flip side of that coin, biggest disappointments of the year, guys. <laughs> oh, man. Owens, you got to be nicer to your uh, home team, man. <laughs> I don't, man. I want to give them all I got, man. I, I, I just, anyways. Man, straight up said I don't. Spencer Rattler is the biggest disappointment of the year because coming into the season, everybody had his face next to the Heisman Trophy. I mean, that is just basically what it was. It was like it was his to lose, and he lost you know, it. Yeah, I mean, you lost it. I mean, you come into the season, you're focusing on your brand, you know, you're focusing on making money, you're focusing on all this other stuff. NIL. Yeah, and you're not focusing on your footwork. You're not focusing on how you can improve in the pocket. You're not focusing on, you know, none of not that stuff. Not focusing on stepping up in the pocket. Yeah, no, I mean, he not, it's just like, man, like he got it sold up, you know. And you see it. He he he, he trusts his arm strength too much. He he got arm talent like out of his world, but he trusted too much, and it gets him in trouble. And he is just like I said, man. I, I think he's out of there after the end of the year. I think he's going to transfer, man. But uh, coming into like I said, coming into the year, man, he was the number one quarterback, not just in college but on the NFL draft board as well um so for him to go from the starter to the backup it's just the biggest disappointment of the season i'll go a little bit different direction with mine my guy didn't get benched uh in terms of, or in, even his performance isn't great in fact the one game that he played he was set to prove why everybody took him in the first round but the saddest i've probably been this season so far was when uh we all watched uh Muhammad Ibrahim's Achilles pop right there on live TV, man, right there near the end of that Ohio State. I with you. I don't want to say disappointment, but again, like, what else can you say for a guy that was people were taking at the third, fourth spot? One game in, we're all so excited about him. He is dominating a Ohio State team that was struggling in that game. 
and then all of a sudden it just over like that and it you just can't help but feel bad for the guy and i'm hoping he comes back another season i'm hoping he comes back the same that he did um i'm hoping but you know it's just it, all you can do is hope yeah well i guess i can move on to my guy um this this is probably my biggest disappointment i have uh dj we ungalele um out of clemson Say that one more time, Xavier. Oh, yeah. We ungalele. Did I teach me that? Four or five times. I was like, how do you say his name again? We had like a whole coaching segment where I was like, oh, yeah, we did. I was like, how do I pronounce this name? I have never seen this name before in my life. Oh, you could be like Owens and just practice at home. Oh, yeah. I butcher it. Listen, I butcher it and I keep it moving. I act like that's what it is. I was like, I was like, if I spent the first round pick on him, I better know his name. I was like, I'll know your name. And then now I don't care. I, I he's, he's been cut from my team and I've been nothing but happier. But yeah, uh, with with Tony Elliott and Dabo Sweeney and what they've done with DJ, I, I don't know who to blame. Um, the offense has just been anemic. Uh, you don't have a running back. I do like Will Shipley for the future, but you just didn't have, I guess we just, underestimated how much Travis Etienne was to that offense and what Trevor Lawrence was to that offense as well. Cause the receivers looked terrible. Amari, uh, Amari Rogers was probably the best one. And I didn't think that, you know, two years ago, I was like, man, Justin Ross is up and coming guy. Amari Rogers is a great slot guy, but apparently not. You have all these receivers that do the same thing and they can't create separation. They can't, you know, get open for DJ to do anything. And DJ's not using his legs as much. I don't know why he wants to stay in the pocket and take these sacks. And after that Georgia game, it was just down here from there. And then once you're getting, you're getting beat up by your own conference where you used to beat up on them by, like, putting up 30, being done at the halftime, my quarterback gets taken out, I get mad for some reason. I'm like, man, keep on running up the score. Now I can't even – I don't even know what to do for you next year because you just got benched this past weekend. I mean, for the future, we'll, we'll see what Clemson does in recruiting and if they give them some weapons and what they can do. But right now, yeah, it's the same with Spencer Rally. You had your name kind of next to that Heisman. You were one of those top five favorites. and. Now you're nowhere near you. They wouldn't the Heisman wouldn't even touch you with a 10 foot pole. I got him on my team. I got him on my team right now. I think he, I think it was last week was it for me. I think he had it, man. I, I yeah, think he, I saw uh I saw a tweet today. I think the competition is open between yes. him and, and Tyson yeah. Pumachon. I saw it that is. tweet today. Man. Yeah, that, that, that is something. Especially yeah. after we saw it last year with the Notre Dame game in Boston College. I was right, like, right. That's what, what you what expect this year. That's what you mm-hmm. same numbers you expect this year. Yeah, or something comparable to that. Uh, yeah, when you're the guy and you can't run back to the bench, it's a different story. I was hoping it's- so much coming out of that bye week against Syracuse. I was like, I, I was just hoping. I was like, you know, maybe they got something figured out during the bye week, and then it's just nothing. This is what this is what we got with Clemson the rest of the way. So if you I got DJ on your roster too. still for some reason, get him out of there. You'll find yeah, much better time. options. Yeah. I thought so, the same thing. I thought I thought they'll look different after the bye week. I did too. But no, nope. more of the same. Guys, like we got, I've 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 got to go with Austin Jones. What happened to this guy? He was another what happened to Austin Jones. I mean, the limited campaign that we did see him in last year, six games. The guy had nine touchdowns in six games. Only 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 one game when he didn't have over 20 carries or 20 at at least 20 or more carries last year again limited campaign this year he has only two two games with double digit carries 11 carries is his highest 
carry amount of the season. 11 carries. And that was just his past game for a whopping 23 yards. Well, he got down, didn't he? He tore it up. Tore it up. (laughs) 2.1 yards per carry. The guy doesn't have a single rushing touchdown on the year. One receiving touchdown. What the heck happened to Austin Jones? Through six games this year. Again, he only played six games last year. Through six games this year, 53 carries, 184 yards, no touchdowns. I got it. Yeah, go ahead, man. J- jump right on in there. Hold on. I, I can't count here for a second. I, no. Yeah, I got four words for you. I have no clue. None of us do. No, no clue what happened here. Same coach, David Shaw, run the ball down your throat with, you know, with the, with, with, with the big sets. Come in with two tight ends, three tight ends. We'll throw the ball if we have to. Completely flip the script this year. You've got Tanner McKee throwing the ball all over the place. You've got Elijah Higgins, the freak that he is. Then you've got this up-and-coming tight end freak that they like so much. Eurosec, they like this guy. And it, it seems like they, they've just abandoned the run game because it not only affects Austin Jones, but you got Nathaniel Pete, who, he, who's, who I mean, he's kind of hit and miss, really more miss than he is hit. Mm-hmm. If you want to pick him up and think you're going to put him in the game, he might get you beat. going to get you beat. <laughs> Stanford overall, their running game is trash right now. And Austin Jones, man, it, man, it's almost like, dude, he's, he's – he's, Question marks all over the place. I forgot that character on Batman, the Riddler, I think mm-hmm. it was. It had all the question marks. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's Austin Jones right now, man. The guy is terrible. His best game of the season, guys, Vanderbilt. <laughs> Seven carries for 80 yards. Best game of the, the guy hadn't gone over 30 yards outside of that game all season long what the heck happened to austin jones man sounds like a great title for a mystery a mystery novel one day yes <laughs> nice book what the heck happened to austin jones that's david shaw man you gotta ask him because he like you say you he's a run first coach run first to go from averaging 20 plus carries a game in the last year to what is that now? It's 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 mind blowing. I mean, like, did you change your style of play? Like, you just—I mean, that's what I mean. Like, did you just say, okay, I don't want to run no more. I want to throw it. You know what I mean? Like, don't wanna... <laughs> just imagine him in front of his boosters, being like, you know, guys, what if we what if we just passed all the time? Oh yeah, all the time, all the time. Yeah. That's, that's what he did. We've got Tanner McKee. We've got Elijah wow. Higgins. We've got Eurosec. I think it's been Eurosec. <laughs> I made it work against Oregon. Right. Yeah. And Eurosec, is a, he's a good tight end. He's been lighting it up, man. But come on, Stanford. Get back to your roots, man. Yes. Hand this ball off and, and, and run with these guys. Yes. Okay, guys, that's, that's it for right there. That's it for that's it for right there, man. Biggest disappointments of the year. We're now entering into our start-sit segment of the show. 
one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, and one tight end, starting and sitting. Uh, college fantasy football, there's 130 teams. Uh, I think it's a good thing that we explain this every week because we've got new listeners every single week. And the start uh, and the sit segment, uh, it's, 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 it's somewhat of a uh, we are looking for the ceiling. Again, 130 teams, so the player pool is much bigger than NFL, so it's large. And so you may have a guy that we're not necessarily sitting him because he's got a bad matchup, but you'll sit him because you have a better matchup with another guy with another player. Same thing goes for the start. We're looking for the ceiling. We're looking for, you know, as far as running backs, 260 yards and four touchdowns, you know, because we have the opportunity to get that on any given week in college fantasy football. So uh, I, I think it's important that we that we understand that particular concept as we maneuver through the start and sit so everybody can get a grasp of why we're picking the players that we're picking because I like to stay under 50% for my starts and I'll sit whoever, whenever, wherever I feel is comfortable <laughs> for me. So Owens, you want to kick this thing off with our starts, man? Who are you starting at quarterback man, this, I'm a, this week? I'm going to roll with Caleb Williams, man, for the Oklahoma Sooners versus Texas Tech. Um, Texas Tech is 77th against the pass. They give about 234 yards a game. Um, Williams, man, they calling for this guy, man, to be a part of the Heisman Trophy uh, candidacy, man, and uh, he has he has performed, man, really, really well. This is the first three games that he played this year. Uh, for him to light up TCU like he did, um, that that was pretty impressive. I know he had a late start last game against Kansas, but he put up um, the numbers second half. I'm gonna say second half numbers. 178 yards and two touchdowns. He had um, eight carries for 70 yards and a touchdown. Um, and I think Caleb Williams, man, is the, the bright spot on that offense, man, him and Brooks. Um, and so I think uh, the scoring, if he's not the one doing it, he's going to do most of it. Um, and so I'm going to put him in the game and start him against Texas Tech, and they pretty much can just give it up anyway. So I'm rolling with Caleb Williams. Uh, I'll go ahead and throw my guy out here and I'll, I'll fully admit like out of the four guys we're probably going to talk here, he's probably one of the more hit or miss guys uh, in terms of his performances in every single game. But again, we're looking for upside here. And uh, Chris Reynolds quarterback out of Charlotte has shown us that when he gets hot in a game, he can get really hot very, very quickly, especially if he's connecting with his two main wide receivers, Victor Tucker and Grant DuBose. They're going up against Western Kentucky, who has forced everybody that they've played against this year into a shootout of some kind. So if Chris Reynolds can get hot in a game like that where he's being forced to throw touchdown after touchdown in order to keep up with his Western Kentucky offense, he could be seeing massive um, upside by the end of the weekend. So that's my pick for this weekend, Chris Reynolds against Western Kentucky. Yeah, uh, I guess I can go into mines uh, a little bit. Uh, we have Malik Willis. Uh, if he wasn't number one in your league, then he should have been. Uh, so <laughs> he's going against UMass. Uh, there's nothing more to say really about UMass. They're one of the worst teams in the nation. So Malik Willis is about to have a field day. I, I don't know. I can't even imagine what type of numbers he's going to put up. 
but he's going to be hitting a lot of his receivers. He's going to be hitting a lot of um, – he's going to be rushing the ball as well to run the ball very, fairly well against UMass. I don't think they have anything to do to stop him. So it's going to be one of those days for Malik Willis where they'll just keep him out there because, you know, in that in that conference, they don't pull quarterbacks and put him on the bench for a backup. So. Malik Willis against UMass. All right. Guys, I'm in my bag right here. I'm in my bag with this one. Darren Granger, quarterback uh, for Georgia State, going against Georgia Southern, who suck. <laughs> Plainly put, they suck yeah. at defending the pass. They are dead last Ooh. in yards mm-hmm. per game. Mm. The air. 348 passing Ooh. yards per game they give up. This guy's only 2% on. I understand, uh, you know, people may not know who this guy is, but he has usurped the, uh, the uh, quarterback position there. You had the guy, uh, Cornelius Brown the fourth. They call him Quad Brown, who mm-hmm. pretty much got beat out by this particular guy. Honestly, I'm not on my up and up with the whole uh, uh, history of this guy, so I don't know where he's from or how he got there, if he's a JUCO player or not. All I know, the guy is balling out this year. Um, he was, he was, he, he was, he, he looked like somewhat of a game manager through the first few games of the season. Of course, they had some pretty stout competition they were playing against, man. He didn't play against Army, so-so against North Carolina, didn't hardly play, comes in against Charlotte, didn't, doesn't look good. First three games, 50% on the dot completion percentage, and that including Auburn, where they probably should have won that game against Auburn had they not choked that game off at the end, played against Appy State. The offense as a whole didn't do a lot in that game. So he comes in the week before last, lights Louisiana Monroe up completely. They're running an option with this guy, so there's some incredible dual threat uh, availability there and capability there. Texas State, he gets them last week, has a, a a nice game against them, throws for 200 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, runs the ball 14 times for 106 yards. Might want to hold on to the ball a little bit more. But this week, he gets Georgia Southern, again, the worst pass defense in the country. They can give it up to the four of us with me, (laughs) quarterback, and you guys. (laughs) I guarantee you we throw for 280 and three. So we'll be wide receivers. Absolutely. I've got I've got Darren Granger, man, only two percent on Georgia State Panthers going up against Georgia Southern this week. I want to see who you got a running back. I'm running with Travion Henderson, man, versus Penn State. I mean, if if Chase Brown can run for 223 yards, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Henderson can can get half of that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's not gonna. I mean, because you know, uh, 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 Stroud, Stroud going to do his thing, man. I mean, that that offense, man, is amazing. I think it's probably the number one offense in the country. Um, and so you, you got to pick your poison, man. You know, you go if you try to stop the pass, man. Henderson going to tear you up. If you try to stop the run, you know, Stroud going to tear you up. But to go along with uh, with uh, Henderson's rushing game, man, he, he like to throw it to him, screen passes, 
throw it to him out of the backfield. So I think he's a good play, man, this, this week against Penn State. Yeah, I definitely would agree with that. I'll, I'll, I'll throw my guy out here, and that's a, a Gundy's favorite guy right now, Jalen Warren, uh, running back for Oklahoma State. They're playing Kansas this week, who's 127th against the rush. Uh, you don't think that uh, Gundy's about to run Warren down Kansas's throat all game long? You got something else coming to you. Spencer Sanders does not know how to take care of a football, uh, no matter who he is playing against. He he is a turnover machine when he really gets uh, going with um, – if you let him have more than 25 passes, it's like every three passes you let him have over 20 passes, he'll probably throw an interception. Um, so they're going to try to keep this game on the ground, and if Kansas is going to let him do that, then Jalen Warren's about to have the game of his life uh, this weekend. So Jalen Warren against Kansas. Are you saying about 250 and four? Uh, I, 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 won't, I won't be that high on it. Let's go, let's, let's go 249 and three. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I can go now. Um, I have Tyler Beatty uh, going against Vanderbilt. So uh, Mizzou's coming back, and, yeah, they're going against Vanderbilt, one of the worst teams in college football and in the SEC. Um, they're 95th against the run. Um, I don't – it's, it's going to be it's gonna be interesting because Mizzou has one of the worst rushing defenses. So I don't I don't expect, like, a shootout because Vanderbilt can't really put up points for what I can see. But this will be an interesting game, for, and there will be a lot of points scored for Missouri. And I think Tyler Beatty being at the forefront – He's getting a lot of the work through the passing game, through the air, and on the ground. So I'm expecting a, a big day from Tyler. Man, Mizzou needs an SEC win bad. And they, oh, they, yeah. they better get it here. They better get it here. Or Drinkwitz might be canned by the end of the year, regardless of buyout. Um, I'll also throw another name I find interesting in this game. Uh, Mike Wright, quarterback for Vanderbilt. You're talking about Mizzou's rushing defense. I don't think they have the running back that can really tear them up. But Mike Wright, to me, is actually impressing me a little bit with some of his rushing ability. Uh, all the way back from the spring game for Vanderbilt. So I think if he can get hot during this game, he might be a name to watch out for in this one. And if they can, if they put a walk-on running back out there, he's going to tear Missouri up. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how bad Missouri's defense is. It's ridiculous. As a Joe fan, I can't wait to play him. I don't know if you, there's a guy I got, man, out of Central Michigan. I don't know if you probably got heard of. Um, Lou Nichols? Oh, oh, no, not Lou Nichols. Nichols. Yeah, Lou Nichols is oh, yeah. Lou, Lou Nichols the third. We call him the third. Listen, <laughs> he told me it was like the first game of the season. I was looking, I'm like, wait a minute, is he doing this to Minute? I mean to Missouri? Are you doing this to Missouri? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it turns out everybody can do that to Missouri. And it, tur- and it turns out everybody was the, yeah, because he had 19 carries for 135 and a touchdown. Central Michigan against a power five team. My gosh, but yeah, everybody, man. Like I said, you throw a walk on out there, man. He's gonna have 150 and two touchdowns, man. Yeah, even that Boston College game was just, I was like, really? You keep Boston College with their backup quarterback in this game, right? Right, Mm -hmm. so yeah, you knew that you knew as soon as that game went to overtime that Mizzou was losing that game. There ain't no way they were gonna stop Boston College, no matter how many times they played (laughs) overtime. No, not even close, not even close, man, not even close, man. I just, I just want to know, like, um, should the defensive coach should he be fired by now? Well, they fired the D line coach, if I remember correctly. They got a new guy in for that. I can't, I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but I'm pretty sure they have replaced the D line coach. They not that it's done anything better, but like, even so, like that might be an off season fix that they're going to need at this point. They just kind of have to accept who they are and hope they can score enough against so whoever they're be, playing against. So it could be just a personnel situation then. Maybe they don't have the athletes on that side of the ball. 
Yeah, that's true. Could be, but here they are recruiting five-star wide receivers, and maybe they should be targeting some of those four-star D linemen. <laughs> right, right. Um, some minutes, starting right. minutes. Exactly. It's horrible. I, they were last on defense uh, against the run, if I can remember. Are they still last? No, they. I don't think they're last anymore. I can look that up oh, real quick. They're 129th, Arkansas State. They're, they're real close. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, guys, what did I miss? I do know Arkansas State is terrible on yeah, 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 I yeah, do yeah, know yeah. that. We, we were just we were just we were talking about until you yeah. got back for you years. Back. All right, Xavier, you're done. Yeah, we all done. Oh, yeah. Everybody's done with their running back starts. I've got to go with my man Dylan McDuffie against Bowling Green. They're giving up 190 yards per game on the ground. Dylan McDuffie uh is said to be by the coaches. They think that he's their best running back, and this is including Kevin Marks. And I know it has taken the injury for that to come to fruition or for that to actually play out on the field and not just be words coming out of the coach's mouth. This guy is only 16% on that being Dylan McDuffie for the Buffalo Bulls. I'm going to start him in our home league this week because I have the luxury of having him this week. If you don't have him again, he might be available. He is more than likely available in your league. 16% on on fan tracks. So you want to look for this guy, Dylan McDuffie. I think he's got a wonderful matchup against Bowling Green this week. Again, surrendering 190 rushing yards per game. They're great against the pass, not against the run. Buffalo doesn't care anything about passing the ball that much. They've got Quan Williams. Uh, it's just something about a, a wide receiver. I think he wears the number 41, I think. It just, it just doesn't look like you need to be catching passes <laughs> if you're wearing that particular number. So I think they're going to hand it off to Dylan McDuffie more than enough. Um, again, you may need to monitor Kevin Mark's uh, health situation, but I think we've seen enough of Dylan McDuffie to where the coaching staff is like, yeah, we probably need to ride this guy. Mm. So – Dylan McDuffie, man. That's why I'm starting at running back this week. Let's nice. look at wide receivers, guys. I'm going to roll with Dontavian Wicks versus BYU. We talked about his quarterback earlier, man, lighting it up, man. Um, he is his number one target. Wicks is the guy. And uh, BYU give up uh, 240 yards, passing yards a game. they 84th in the country against the pass. I think Wicks have another big game. Um, you look at his last two against Duke, seven catches for 125 and a touchdown. Last week against Georgia Tech, six catches for 168 yards and two touchdowns. So I think he's going to keep that going this week against BYU. So I'm going to say he's a safe play. Dontavion Wicks. You know, it's funny, Owens. I literally just went to my home league and I saw I had somebody on by and guess who I just threw in? Dontavian Wicks. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and put my guy out here. That's uh, Mr. Devin Tompkins uh, playing against Hawaii this week. Uh, Hawaii is 126 against the past. No matter who they are playing, they're giving up yards through the air. And Devin Tompkins just has shown that upside ability each and every single week. Number one wide receiver on that offense. He's going to get you your yards. He'll find the end zone pretty much every other game at the very least. And Usually when he finds the end zone once, he'll find it more than once in a game. So I'm going to I'm gonna roll with him as my uh, starting wide receiver for this week. 
Yeah, uh, I think great minds think alike to where we're picking, uh, you know, defenses that are like 120th or lower uh, <laughs> against the pass. Um, so I have Jalen Tolbert against Arkansas State. They're 124th against the pass. They allow 288 yards per game through the air. Uh, Jalen Tolbert finally found the end zone over these past two or three weeks. I know a lot of people were kind of worried that uh, they took him as their, you know, either wide receiver one or two. And now he's finding the end zone, getting those 100 yard games, and him and Jake Bentley are finally having that connection that we've been hearing about over the offseason. So it's good to see. Um, I definitely want to start him against Arkansas State because uh, that Corey Rucker versus Jalen Tolbert matchup is going to be uh, interesting to see who gets the more yards out of that game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. I like that one, man. I like that one a lot. I almost picked Jake Bentley as my quarterback start this week, man, because. Arkansas State against they're just so bad on defense, man. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Again, that's Grayson McCall's best game of the year fantasy-wise against Arkansas State. Man, I'm going with A.T. Perry. Sounds like a preacher. Reverend A.T. <laughs> Perry. <laughs> and then T.D. Jakes. Man, I'm going, I'm going with Reverend A.T. Perry. Uh, that, that's my nickname for him the rest of the season. Reverend A.T. Perry. A.T. Perry. <laughs> Reverend A.T. Perry against Duke. Xavier already hit on it, man. This is a trend we're, we're following with these terrible pass defenses. 118th in the country, 277 per game. Duke is just abysmal on defense. They're terrible. And Sam Hartman is hot right now. Mm-hmm. Lit Army mm-hmm. up. I mean, Reach he it. lit Army up. And A.T. Perry was out there giving a sermon the whole time. <laughs> Had an excellent game against Army. I mean, A.T. Perry's been hot. Reverend, the right Reverend A.T. Yes, Perry yes. has been hot. The past couple games, this particular game against Army, six catches, 146 yards, and a touchdown. My manager, Coy Robeson, finally, finally get the wettest whistle as far as touchdowns. He was on a touchdown drought since the first game of the season, but Sam Hartman wet his whistle. I mean, threw water all on his mouth. (laughs) He had three touchdowns. But, man, yeah, Reverend A.T. Perry, you got to start this guy this week against Duke. Sam Hartman's going to be throwing the ball all over this field. Owens, who you got at the tight end spot? If you don't mind, I, I want to give our audience a little peek behind the curtain here. So I had A.T. Perry as my starting wide receiver uh, listed here. And Farnsworth, yeah. I saw, was on, was on the page as well. And he had his little cursor sitting there at the starting wide receiver for the longest time. Wasn't typing nobody. And I, I made my switch. And I was just like, you know, I kind of like Devin Tompkins a little bit better this week. So I just backspaced. A.T. Perry put in Devin Tompkins and not like 30 seconds later, I just see Farnsworth come on there and just type in A.T. Perry. Versus Duke. <laughs> I thought that was some of the funniest stuff I'd ever seen. Yeah. That, 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 that whole thing went down. I didn't even see you do that. I just jumped on because we were at a friend's house and I just, I was kind of, you know, uh, ciphering through some things and I started putting that in and I saw you commenting like, LMAO. <laughs> I like, oh, snap. He's over there right now. I have literally just t- typed away A.T. Perry. Wow. <laughs> the like right reverend right there. Yeah. The right reverend right there. Look at that. Yes, sir. Tight end, bro. Oh, tight end, man. I'm going with Cole Turner, man. Cole Turner from Nevada, man. He uh, against uh, UNLV. UNLV, man, they are 123rd against the pass, man. They got 287 passing yards a game. 
Listen, Cole Turner has been lighting it up, man, these last couple of weeks against Hawaii, man. He had 12 catches for 175 yards against Fresno State, eight catches for 105 yards and two touchdowns. What do you think he's going to do to UNLV? Mm-hmm. Get you some UNLV this weekend. If you don't have Cole Turner, man, I'm sorry. Cole Turner's going to – if you plan against Cole Turner, I'm sorry. Yeah. Cole Turner is going to get some this week against UNLV. Uh, I'll go ahead and move on to my guy. I got Jelani Woods, tight end out of Virginia. We were all here raving about Dontavian Wicks, but another one of these weapons for Brandon Armstrong has to be the absolute beast they have at tight end. Like this dude, when you watch him and look him out there at the out there on the field, it looks like a grown man playing with kids. This dude is massive and just a great red zone target for uh, Armstrong. Xavier, I know for a fact uh, he's got him in our home league, and he has been loving uh, Jelani Woods every single week. Because, again, he's just this perfect red zone target, and he's going to get a touchdown or two every single week in this offense. So I'm saying Jelani Woods against BYU. BYU's passing defense uh, pretty rough around the edges as well. We Like like uh, Owen said earlier, they're about 84th in the country. So give me Jelani Woods against BYU. Oh, yeah. So for mines, I did no research absolutely at all because I was just like, this is truly Homer. I'm going Brock Bowers against Florida. I don't care what Florida uh, is ranked defensively against the pass. I don't care. I just know Brock Bowers will find a way to get the ball. Whether in your PPR or standard, he will get touchdowns. He will get the ball. I, I love him. He's probably our leading uh, reception uh, or guy at reception at Georgia. And he's been just a monster. Uh, you know, I think I read a stat where he's like, 500 yards away and just maybe like a few touchdowns from having a Kyle Pitts type season. And I'm 300 like, yards about three. Yeah, about so it's, it's ridiculous of what he's doing uh, at Georgia in that passing game. Love the honesty, bro. I'm going to go with Payne Durham, 39% on who wouldn't want to start a tight end named Payne. Come on. The guy's name is Payne. Payne Durham, six, five, two is going to be inflicting pain this week. On the Nebraska Cornhuskers, the guy started out the season hot. I mean, red hot, kind of fizzled out with injury, dealing with some injuries, kind of nicked up here and there, kind of hobbles back into the uh, the game plan, being the, uh, the second um, most targeted guy pretty much on the team, second to David Bell, the second option that is, rather, the second option. You know, Wisconsin, you know, keyed on David Bell. They saw what he did to Iowa. They said, not against us. Purdue was like, okay, cool. We got Payne Durham. We'll just hit him nine times for 112 and a touchdown. Listen, if you've got a tight end premium in your league, this guy hooked you up last week. If you don't have a tight end premium in your league, these are wide receiver numbers right here. Nine catches. 112 yards and a touchdown. He's playing against Nebraska this week. really doesn't matter what defense Nebraska is in the country. I like this uh, position. I like this matchup for Payne Durham. Again, you've got to think about David Bell, and when you're doing that, Payne Durham is is seeming you to death. So I like Payne Durham against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. like it. Guys, we've come to the sits. Some guys got to warm the seat. They've got to come sit down by coach. 
Yes, sir. Because we are in week nine. What is this week nine? We're getting closer to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Play time's over. Yes, it is. Listen, I mean, it's it's pretty much all over but the crying after this. So you've got to get your act together. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got to make some bold moves. Mm-hmm. These are the decisions that none of us really want to make, but understanding uh, the competitor in us pretty much wins over when we are contemplating uh, lineup setting. The competitor wins over. And, and we're like, man, I've got to sit you this week. I love you. You've done great for me in some games this week, but I don't like this matchup. Again, it's not necessarily because we think they're going to suck, but we think that we may have a better matchup. And again, you're shooting for the ceiling because we have that option in college fantasy football. Unlike NFL, where you've got 32 teams, we've got 130 teams, and matchups are key in CFF. You find you a good one. You've got to ride with it regardless of favoritism, regardless of if this is your guy, you like the way he plays. Listen, (laughs) stats, as far as college fantasy football, is all that matters right now. And it may take you sitting some guys that you like. may take you sitting some guys that you never thought you'd sit. Right. But they need to sit down this week. Mm -hmm. Owens. Whose butt is warming at bench mm. <laughs> from your perspective at Max, the quarterback position? Max Borden Slogger. Borden Slogger. From Florida International. Mm-hmm. Come sit next to coach this week, man. You're playing Marshall. They are 11th against the pass. They only give up 172 passing yards a game. If you look at Borden Slogger's Last five games, he's been down, he's been up. Did he go back down? Then he go back up. Last <laughs> week, he was down. Mm-hmm. This week, he's supposed to come back up. No, no, not gonna happen. This the trend breaks. The trend is this this week. And Marshall, Marshall, stingy, stay stingy against the pass. This dude is not a runner, so he can't do it with his legs, and he's not gonna be able to do it with his arm. Mr. Max Bordenschlager, come stand next to Coach. I called the upset earlier of um, – or I, I don't know if it's an upset. I haven't looked at the line for this game yet, but I'm going to say Fresno State takes down undefeated San Diego State. But I am going to say you need to be sitting Jake Heiner against San Diego State this week. They are 31st against the pass. If I think Fresno State's going to win this game, they're going to do it on the backs of – Jordan Mims and God willing, Ronnie Rivers coming back from his injury. I'm not entirely sure what the update is on that one. But even so, Jake Heiner, even if he has an okay day passing, you're going to find much better options for your starting lineup in CFF this week. So I say, Mr. Jake Heiner, you've done your work. Come take a seat for a week. Whew, man. So I have a tough decision to make because uh, I love my dual threat quarterbacks, but I'm going to have to slow his role for a little while because he hasn't been looking too hot. Um, I'm going to have to probably sit DTR versus Utah. Um, it just hasn't been looking well for uh, UCLA as a whole. Um, I mean, Utah is only 66 against the run, but Utah is just looking better and better each week, and UCLA is just looking worse and worse. I mean, we've all talked about that run game at the beginning of the year with Zach Charbonnet, Britton Brown, and DTR, but – 
if teams can key on that run game and you're forcing DTR to pass, oh, it's going to get look a little bit rough. I, I can't, you know, besides Cal Phillips, I don't know another receiver outside the numbers that, I mean, Greg Dolchis as well, too, doesn't look that great either, that can really step up and if DTR can get them the ball, like where he, they're supposed to be. So Mr. DTR is going to have to take a little backseat, you know, at the end of the bus and come sit with me. Amen. Like Amen. Like I can't. I can't. I, I cannot disagree with that. Listen, all Florida QBs, all A L L, all Florida QBs, please report to the bitch. Please report to the bitch. This is your stationary position this week mm-hmm. in DFF. You're gonna sit this bitch this week against the Georgia Bulldogs. Thanks for none of you suckers. Can't mm. trust uh, Emory Jones. Uh, listen, uh, Anthony Richardson, exceptional talent, exceptional athlete. None of that's going to matter this week. You know, I mean, they're going to, George is going to put all that athleticism on ice this week, brother. You might as well get you a cold tub ready for, uh, after the game. I think you're going to get hit more than you've been hit all year long mm-hmm. in this one game. All Georgia, oh, not Georgia, all Florida QBs sit the pine. You're gonna sit mm-hmm. the pine. Mm-hmm. I wonder who you got a running back. Kenneth Walker the third. Come the over third. here. Stand by. Coach. Listen, you're playing against the Michigan this week. You, you only put up 84 yards against Indiana. Do you think Michigan listen? Michigan is Michigan is 24th against the run. They only given up 117 rushing yards per game. And I mentioned it earlier, it's an in-state rival, so they're going to be even more fired up. Man, Kenneth Walker the third. Come stand by, Coach. Third. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to play as Kenneth Walker here for a second. Uh, but, but, but Coach, the, the fans, it, it's a home game. They'll fuel me. I'll, I'll be good enough for that, right? Nah. <laughs> If you want to, if, listen. If you want to hang yourself, go right ahead. You come, you you come out of there with thirty five rushing yards, man. <laughs> <laughs> On twenty five carries, that's your fault. <laughs> I'll throw my own Big Ten uh, running back out here, and this is a guy I've relied on in several leagues, and that's Mr. Tyler Goodson. Uh, it ain't happening this week against uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, for all their faults, Graham Mertz one of the bigger disappointments from this year. Uh, but you cannot, you cannot mess around with that rushing defense of theirs. They have shut down pretty much everybody in their path. They are forcing teams to pass the ball, um, which, given what we saw, what happens with uh, Iowa when they went up against Purdue, that might not end up so well for Iowa this week. Uh, if there's one thing I do know, Tyler Goodson is going to have a hard time against that D line, and I ain't trusting him at all this week against Wisconsin. They've shut down some good running games. Michigan specifically is the one that comes to mind. Uh, they had their way with them. So I'm going to say, Mr. Goodson, you served me well, but it's time to take a break. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to, you know, pick on UCLA a little bit more uh, <laughs> just because I have to go with Zach Charbonnet versus Utah. Um, I'm just going to take that entire, just any part of that run game for UCLA, and I'm just going to put them right on the bench. Even the wide receivers, you weren't going to get work anyway. From the QB, so it wasn't going to matter. But yeah, that run game, uh, what you've predicated your team on this season, yeah, you're all going to have to take a little sit by coach. 
Um, even though Utah is 66 against the run, I mean, Utah is, a, is an up and coming. I mean, not even an up and coming Pac-12 uh, South program. They're looking like one of the best programs in the Pac-12. And you're probably not going to be able to uh, run the ball if they, if they take that away from you. So it's going to look a little bit rough for UCLA going forward. Man, I heard that. I heard that. Guys, I'm going to go with Xavier Valade against San Jose State. It's a combination of two things. San Jose State, 36th against the run, 126 per game. But you also couple that with Xavier Valade's piss-poor play these past few games. Started out the season looking like the guy that went in the second, third, fourth round of drafts, CFF drafts this year. The last three games, everybody's wondering, who the heck is this? Who is this? Again, he has played some decent defenses, Air Force, decent defense. Fresno, I mean, you kind of wonder. New Mexico is better than people think, but, I mean, he has just looked terrible these past three games. And now he's getting this particular defense, San Jose State, that just shut Greg Bell down, not this past week, but the week before last. I mean, shut him down down and this does not hurt greg bell at least that game it wasn't this was greg bell okay i'm going for you know 100 plus and a couple touchdowns in san jose state they were like no you're not mm-hmm. not this game you're not and tyler nevins outplayed greg bell in that game mm-hmm. very shocking to me i don't like this matchup for xavier and validate again the trend he has been setting in the past what three games horrible horrible i don't know if his quarterback play lack thereof i don't know what the situation is but he doesn't look like the same guy looks like a tale of two seasons to me and so i'm 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 sitting xavier valade against san jose state spartans wide receiver owens javon okay you sitting him from coastal carolina i'm sitting him against troy why Troy, Troy, man, 24th against the pass. They give up 191 yards, passing yards a game. Hale kind of go with the play of his quarterback, McCall. Man, um, McCall, man, like you said, man, he's he's not a fantasy quarterback at this time, man. Uh, Hale catches some, you know, they catch some good passes, man. He only been over 100 yards, look like twice this year. Let me double check that. Um, and so. Yeah, actually went over four times this year. He started the season off hot. The last three games, he just completely fell off the map. Um, and I think he's going to continue to do that, especially this week against Troy, man. Troy got a pretty good defense, man. This and, so, um, and so I'm sitting Javon Hale versus Troy. You gonna tell us why why you're laughing, Farnsworth? Or should that I wasn't me. Always, that wasn't that me. Wasn't you that time? No, no, it was me. I was like, ah, Xavier. ESPN got me. <laughs> See, got me last week, like two or three times last week. It was a week before last I, week. I, week. Yeah, Man, like, I hate those ads on ESPN. Yes. Like they are the most unwanted things on the planet. Yes. <laughs> I told him to stop one time. Stop it. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw my wide receiver pick out here. And I'm, I'm in a way, kind of piggybacking off of Owen's uh, quarterback pick earlier. He picked, uh, 
He benched uh, Max Bortenschlager. Best, by the way, one of the best quarterback names in the country, Bortenschlager. Right. Right. Um, I'm going to take his number one wide receiver, Tyrese Chambers. I'm going to sit him right next to him. Um, <laughs> Tyrese Chambers has been one of my favorite kind of out of nowhere uh, group of five wide receivers from this year. It's just been absolutely been a volume machine. Uh, I don't think it happens again this weekend. Uh, if he wasn't able to do it against the, let's be honest, very poor passing defense of Western Kentucky last week. I see no reason why they're going to be able to replicate anything close to what they've been able to do against the 11th passing, 11th ranked passing defense in the country in Marshall. So I'm going to take Tyrese Chambers, sit him next to his quarterback. Hold on, Xavier. I like that you said is one of the best names. And, and I mean, I think in sports, yeah, is great. I mean, Slogger. It sounds like when he throws the ball, there's fire on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that that sounds like a name. Like you walk into a bar and like you hear Borton Schlager's there, and you're like, you're, you're like, oh god, he's gonna be ready for a fight. Yeah, Borton Schlager's about to knock somebody's block off. <laughs> Go ahead, Xavier. Oh yeah. Well, I got uh, Jahan Dotson versus Ohio State. Um, just that Illinois game was just terrible for uh, Penn State in general. In general, I, it's not that I don't have faith. What the? Oh man, ESPN wants to just. <laughs> even when I, I got you again. I wasn't even on the I wasn't even on the on the tab and it just Wrong, I, up. I was like whoa yeah, but, uh, yeah. me. monster I was like, ain't me this week yeah on, I'll be the little scapegoat for the week <laughs> but yeah uh, I have Jahan Dotson uh I think from what Illinois uh showed last week what, what you have to do defensively against Penn State if their run game can't get going and you're trusting Sean Clifford to sling the ball, I don't trust Sean Clifford to get uh, those guys the ball, especially with Ohio State on a roll of what they've done. Like, they've faced some good passing uh, offenses with Maryland, only held them to 17 points. And I don't even think they had a rushing touchdown, I mean, a passing touchdown that game, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe just one. But, yeah, I'm just not expecting that Jahan Dotson to have the crazy day. So I'm going to need him and his, like, one-hand catches from last season to just take a seat for a week and you'll be back probably next week. Man, you're talking about those one-hand catches. That was in that Ohio State game last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He lit them up lit last them year. Up. That, was coming, that was his coming out party last year. So they've got some incentive on, on shutting him down this season. Man, uh, Jared, you mentioned this guy earlier in the piss-poor play that he's been throwing out there on the field. I've got to go with Jalen Cropper, guys, against San Diego State. Again, a uh, combination of things. San Diego State, 31st pass. Uh, defense in the league, only giving up 199, not even 200 yards a game through the air. Uh, San Diego State's not giving up. But also you couple that with the play, or lack thereof, of Jalen Cropper. Man, what is going on with Cropper Hainer? That connection seems to be poisoned right now. They've got to get some things fixed. I don't know if this is the game that they get those things fixed. Maybe it's some games after this game, Boise State have been known to play a little Matador defense. They've got New Mexico, of course, and then they've got San Jose State. So they've definitely got to get some issues fixed, some things worked out, some kinks uh, pretty much worked out. I don't know if this is the week they do it against this, uh, against against San Diego State. Man, he just hasn't looked good lately. He just has not looked good lately. Caught a lot of balls last game against Nevada. Seven balls again, kind of looking real Calvin Austin esque. Seven balls, but he this I mean this guy is thirty four yards receiving on seven balls, guys. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 it's it's almost like there was tunnel screens 
being shut down. Seven balls for 34 yards. Don't know what the deal is, but you know, I don't like what I'm seeing out of this combination. It kind of it kind of seems like there's a hidden injury, man, that they're trying to cover up. You know what I mean? Like, you should look at uh, – just think about Stroud and the Tulsa game. You look at his numbers before and then after the Tulsa game. He was dealing with a shoulder, so, shoulder injury, you know. And so, Hayner, it's got to be something there, man. It's, it's got to be something there. Because they were lighting yeah. it up. It was unbelievable the numbers him and Cropper was putting up. Well, yeah, man, the they number. beat UCLA. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I don't I have mean, the numbers in front of me, but if I remember correctly, Jalen Cropper is a pretty big yards after catch guy. So it wouldn't surprise me if they're still trying to get him these short yard passes and hoping he can take off after he's got the ball in his hands. But, again, if he's being double covered or he's getting put man-to-man on him constantly – He's got that best corner on him constantly. That would explain maybe why he's able or he's getting these short passes, but then all of a sudden just can't take it to the house like he usually can. Yeah. What about Hayner's number? <laughs> so yeah. all, the, all, all, all the Hayner's numbers is coming from crop from me. It's like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. His numbers, his numbers stick too. Numbers, when you talk yeah. about hidden hidden injuries, that 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 is a rumor. Concerning Tank Bixby, I know we brought him up earlier. That's a rumor concerning Tank that he's mm-hmm. dealing with an injury. The reason why he looked, he has looked as bad as he has here in the past few weeks. He didn't. He doesn't look anything like the Tank we uh, saw last year. From last year, exactly right. the Tank from last year. Right. Once who are you sitting at tight end? I'm sitting Tyrant James, man, from Tulane versus Cincinnati. Um, that's a that's a, that's a good. Good tight end, man. He's he's a solid tight end, consistent. Um, one of the uh main targets on that team, man. But Cincinnati is sixth against the pass. They only give up 164 passing yards a game. They mad, they angry because they didn't perform like they wanted to last week. And I think they wanna they got something to prove. They want to show the nation, man, that they're still dominant. So I think they're gonna beat the snot. Out of Tulane this week, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I think they're gonna shut Tyrant James down so he can come have us. He gonna come over here and stand next to Coach. <laughs> yeah, they definitely got to beat him. Uh, beat Tulane more than Oklahoma did. Uh, <laughs> there you go. That, that, that one hurt. That one hurts a little bit because like Tyrant James is one of one of the guys that I've been hyping up all season. So uh, he, and he, and he had a good there. game against OU. Yes, he did. He did. He did. Yeah. Uh, so I'll throw my guy out here. Um, I'm going to throw the tight end from SMU, Grant Calcaterra, going up against uh, Houston's 12th-ranked uh, passing defense. I'll be real. When I first looked at this list of, like, who am I sitting? I looked at quarterback, and I'm like, oh, uh, Houston got that 12th-ranked passing defense. I guess I might want to consider putting Mordecai in the ba- – I'm not brave enough to say that. Uh Wide receivers. Um, wow, Houston's got the 12th ring passing defense. Maybe I'll put uh, Reggie Roberson, Danny Gray, or uh, uh, Rashi Rice. On. No, I'm not brave enough to say that. Hey, look look at this uh, tight end we got going on over here. Grant Calcaterra, very talented tight end. I love him to death. Most weeks, I love just grabbing a piece of that SMU offense. But if there's going to be one piece, I think, that can suffer the most this weekend, it's going to be Grant Calcaterra. And he's really just my segue to say, that this SMU-Houston game this weekend, I think is going to be very, very interesting. Houston's able to shut down that passing game and that running game just a little bit. I think that game could turn very interesting very quickly. 
But even so, Grant Calcaterra is my sit on tight end. Yeah, I guess for uh, my sit at tight end, I have Marshawn Foy at Louisville. Um, for the past few weeks, I mean, he's getting the receptions, but he's not getting the touchdowns anymore like he was in the beginning of the season. And it's just with that Louisville offense, it all runs through Malik Cunningham and his legs. And, uh, ooh, Jalen Mitchell as well, too, in his legs. So it's just a running team. They're not they're not using uh, they're not using their passing game that much to where uh, Marshawn Lloyd, uh, Marshawn Ford is the leading receiver with, at 30 receptions. And you have teams out there with their leading receiver at 60 something already. So it's just ridiculous as to there's not really no point. Honestly, I would probably. I mean, he still gets enough to where he'll get like maybe three or four, but I think against NC State, it'll be a tougher game uh, in conference. And NC State's a decent uh, passing defense to where they rank, I think like 56th or, yeah, 56th against the pass. So it, it may be a little bit more difficult of a day to where he won't have his usual, usual numbers. Absolutely. Yeah. Cunningham and his rushing touchdowns. He made me drop Jalen Mitchell earlier this year. He didn't <laughs> need to even have him. No need to even have him. He's useless. So at tight end, man, I'm going with Sam Laporta against Wisconsin. I don't need to give any stats. Jared's already given you the stats of Wisconsin. Uh, they're pretty much shutting down everybody in their path right now. Uh, Iowa really doesn't have a go-to wide receiver outside of Sam Laporta. They never have outside of their tight end. They are a run-first team, ball control, throw to the tight ends. They've got really good tight ends year in, year out. No different this year, but I think Wisconsin has enough to shut down Sam Laporta and kind of make uh, Iowa look for another option other than Tyler Goodson and Sam Laporta in this particular game. So I've got to sit Sam Laporta tight end for Iowa against the Badgers. Guys, we've come to the fan favorite. Mm -hmm. Chance for you to blow off some steam. Everyone, Owens is rubbing yeah. his hands. Jared Blazing Trails Palm Grin is rubbing his hands. Got <laughs> ready. Xavier rubbing his hands. <laughs> rubbing his hands. They're all excited. Uh, I'm ready. You guys ready? Let's do it. Ready when you are. Time for the I wish. Let's do it. And I wish on all. I wish, I wish, I wish all dual threat quarterbacks, all of them, except mine, would stop hogging a ball in the red zone. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I'm Selfish. tired. <laughs> I'm tired of my running back doing all the work, getting down and the goal line, it's inside the 10, inside the 5, and these good their quarterbacks want to run the ball in, hand the ball off. I got burned. I remember uh, from Marshall, Ali, down there, three times, four times, from three yards out, quarterback wanted to run the ball in. Listen. If you're not my quarterback, if you're not my dual throw quarterback, stop. Which you should know, quarterback. I wish 
only my quarterbacks that keep the ball and haul it and run it in. No you should know <laughs> if you're his quarterback or not. You should know. <laughs> I wish. Man, oh man, do I wish. I'm in a lot of leagues. And if my record in those leagues could match the total points I've scored on the season, man, that would be incredible. Ain't nothing worse right now than me looking at some of my leagues and I am like second, third in the league in the amount of points that I've scored. And for some reason, everybody wants to play their best week against me. So they suddenly get all these points and I'm sitting there with a loss at the end of the day. I'm second or third in the league in the amount of points I've scored, but then all of a sudden I'm outside the playoff picture in so many of my leagues. It is driving me absolute bananas. It makes it just feel unfair sometimes. That's that's what I wish this season. Oh man, that's tough. That's a great wish. But you know what I wish? What I wish with all my heart, I wish upon a star that coaches would stop pulling these players that haven't done nothing, that I drafted so high. After they just had a blowout win, they just pulled players. I, I'll take, I'll use an example of Ohio State. Garrett Wilson did nothing that game. And you, you, they're putting up 59 points, and Garrett Wilson did not get one touchdown. Didn't I taste just one. Of it. I'm like, come on, just keep them out there. Put them out there with a the second string. Let them get something. Share the wealth. Share the wealth with the whole team. If the family is not eating, then I'm not eating. I need to eat. So that's what I wish for. I love it. I love it. Listen, this is what I wish. Chase Brown, sir. Can you please stay healthy? Please. Or does fan checks have to designate a red flag to your behind, sir? You hurt every other game. He stubbed his toe getting out of the bed. Got a paper cut in class. Got some hair in his eye. <laughs> got a splinter in his pinky. <laughs> he clipped his toenails down too far and it's stinging. So he's out. This guy is hurt more than he's playing. You see the potential that he has when he's on the field. He just lit Penn State up. And he ends the game with a red flag. <laughs> How Chase Brown of him <laughs> to end this week. Dude, can you, listen, I wish that you could stay healthy, man. I want to put you in so bad, but I don't know if we're going to get the whole runaround about he's going to play. He's 100%. He's going to play. And you're warming up. Chase Brown's warming up. And then you put him in the game and the guy doesn't play. Thank goodness that we have an injury rule in our league where we don't get yes. bit by silliness yes. and stupidity like that. I am now starting to understand why the NFL guys are a little reluctant to come over to the CFF side because a lot of money is involved and the injury reports are just not made available. So you lose a lot of money like that and playing prize picks, you kind of see that there. Because Owens and I both got burned with the Seth Hennigan scratch. Peter Parrish comes in and just demolishes our opportunities. Yes. <laughs> with Brandon Thomas, who ends the game with seven carries. Unbelievable. 
That's just awful coaching going on right there. There's several games where they just get off of Brandon Thomas way too early. I don't understand it. Well, Peter Pash was in there, and they're just pass, 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 pass. And the guy wasn't completing squat. I don't get it. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's a maybe he's a better practice player than he is oh, yeah. actual game player. You know, they probably for them to call pass, 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 pass. They had to have seen some in practice. Could Max be. Have seen it. That was but, ridiculous. Well, I, I, I'm one hundred percent with you though on the injuries. I'm a big advocate of uh, any kind of system that you can come up with in your league that allows you to replace a player who's been scratched because uh, it can be just unfair sometimes. Like, there's nothing nothing indicating that a player could be out and then all of a sudden they're just gone and in some leagues they'll just they'll just say tough luck and i'm like no not tough luck that's not on a fantasy manager to have access to information that literally zero other people on the planet outside of the program it does not exist right and sometimes sometimes the coaches just look you right in your eye and they just lie yeah he's gonna play mm -hmm. and he's getting no not no burn he only sniff the field exactly he playing he playing today man nope we 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 actually implemented we we actually implemented this rule years back because we got tired of being burned, mm-hmm. and so we're like, hey, listen, man, if the, if if there's a late scratch, what we do in our league chat, we set one quarterback, one running back, and one wide receiver every single week, and if there's a late scratch at any one of those positions, or if a player gets hurt in the turn, then we get to Owens or myself, we get to place that injury substitution player into the game for you and listen listen to me it it, it makes the experience that much greater which is what you want to do mm-hmm. you want to you want to you want to create the you cre- create the greatest experience the best experience you can because this is a wonderful thing that we have here in cff there's nothing like it mm-hmm. and so you want to make it the best as you possibly can and, and and even 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 if that means you mitigating some things that are not traditional because again, Jared, you are right. Most commissioners will say, "There's Tough. nothing I can do about it." Yeah, actually, there is something you can do. Yeah. About yeah. It. There's tons you can do about it. You just don't want to do anything about it. But guys, that's our show. We have successfully gone over two hours. This uh, time is the first time ever. I knew it was coming. I what a hand clap set. I anticipated it right there. Over over two hours, right there, and I don't regret any of it. No, I love every bit of it. You've got four guys on here that love talking college football, preferably college fantasy football. I don't regret a thing. Nope. Two hours and fifteen minutes. We just hit on the dot. Awesome. On the dot, you guys. I mean, you guys got anything? Any any closing remarks before we leave? I know you're going to give your handles out. You did that at the beginning, but go ahead and do it at the end because I just anticipate faithful listeners hanging out from the beginning until the end, and just in case they forgot because they've been listening for two hours. Go ahead and tell them again. Yeah, just like I said earlier, uh, just look up Chasing the Natty on YouTube or just on Google. You'll find our Spotify. You'll find our out podcast. You'll find our YouTube channel. Make sure you're following us on all those platforms. we got a lot of good stuff. And again, right now we're providing just kind of three basic shows a week. We provide the recaps on Monday. We pr- provide the previews for the next week on Tuesday. We also got the Canes Classic 
uh, show that we put out usually towards the end of every single week where we kind of do some more sit start discussion. If that's more of your thing that you want to listen to. So we got some stuff going on there. And even so after the season, guys, we are looking forward to bringing you some really incredible stuff. Uh, now that we kind of gotten our feet wet into the market and we're really kind of feeling out what you guys want to hear from us. And so we're very excited with the kind of stuff we can bring you. I am at CFF underscore Jared. He is at CFF underscore Xavier. Uh, we're available to you guys whenever you guys need us. The best way to reach us by far, though, is Twitter. Absolutely. That's great. Xavier? Uh, no, nah, he touched uh, with everything. We we enjoy uh, y'all having us on here today. Uh, it was a fun time. Uh, the, these guys are the best at what they do. Uh, keep mm-hmm. making sure you like and subscribe to all their content and what they're putting out because they're putting out some really good stuff and they have some really great analysis of football and college football in general. I'm sure probably in the NFL as well, too, because, you know, football is football at the end of the day. But we just prefer college fantasy football because it feels like, you know, you got way more of a player base. So we loved uh, we loved every minute of this. Uh, like Jared said, follow us on Twitter. Um, that's where probably we're most active. And, yeah, tune in, uh, you know, weekly because we have a lot of content coming out. Absolutely. I'll be tuning in this week. This will come out on Tuesday because it's too late for me to edit anything tonight. <laughs> It's not too late. I just don't want to. Yeah. I'm going to go over here on the other side of this couch, and I'm going to fill my wife up for the rest of the night. And I'm not going to think about this podcast till tomorrow. <laughs> it's not going to come out till Tuesday, Tuesday morning. So it is what it is. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, at CFF Nation. <laughs> Interact with us. DM us. Uh, Thank you for everybody that supports everybody that sends the yes, dance yes, about how the show is helping you and you guys enjoy it. Hey, it's because of you while we do this and we're able to do things like this, these collaborations, which are so fun. Uh, can't wait to do it again. Owens, you got anything? Man, much love, much thanks to Jared and Xavier, man. We appreciate you guys for stopping by, man, and and uh, doing this podcast with us, man. We much appreciate it. Um that's all I got, man. It was just fun, man. I had a blast. With that being said, we're out. Peace. 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 Peace.